Hello and welcome to another episode of Android's Amazing Podcast. I'm your host, James Santana, and always I'm joined by my my partner in disguise, Hunter Van Lira. Transform and roll out. We are brought to you by Andrew's Amazing Comics Down Save in New York. Let's start off with some news. Let's start off with some HBO Max news or the Max or whatever you want to call it. Um the Holly Quinn spin-off. It's just Max now. Oh god, are you gonna do that voice the entire episode? Until I don't want to, yes. Okay. <laughs> the Holly Quinn spin-off, uh Noonan's, aka the Kite Man spin-off, has gotten a rename to Kite Man Hell Yeah. Um, in the vein of Peacemaker, um, what was Peacemaker's real title? It wasn't called Peacemaker. It was called, uh, oh fuck, it's Peacemaker. That's what it was, yeah, but it's like Peacemaker. That was the original title that James Gunn pitched, and they had posters for it, and then when they released it, it was just called Peacemaker. Yeah, so, Kite Man, That's why I called our episode, oh fuck, it's a Peacemaker spoiler cast. Yeah. (laughs) Would this make make sense for it to be, uh, Kite Man, hell yeah, instead of Noonan's? I think Noonan's was too much of a... A reference to the episode where he first premieres in and talks about how he wants to open a bar called Noonan's. Um, it would also have been too much of like a stretch for any comic book, like n- like non comic book fans, knowing like kind of the bar with no names whole idea. So right. calling it Kite Man, a recognizable from the show character, like it just works a little. Yeah, it's it, it's a way to get people that's from the from the oh my god from the show to watch it from that's not from the show to watch it. It's easier. It's just name branding. It's branding. It's branding and marketing. Yeah, because, like, if you're looking up, um, like, Harley Quinn's show, like, you'll find the Noonan spinoff, but you'll be like, what the fuck is this? But calling it Kite Man, first of all, getting a Kite Man cartoon is hilarious. Like, that's that's it. That's not no, even, no, no. that's not real. It's not a real thing. Like, how no, crazy it is. is that? It, it makes 20, sense. Like, <laughs> no, it makes sense. No, no, no. I understand from, like, from, like, the, the current day standpoint from the, like, as a spinoff yeah. from a popular cartoon, I understand. That's what. But as a comic book fan, it is hilarious that we're getting a Kite Man TV show before we're I getting know. a Justice Society TV show before we're getting like a real Nightwing TV show. We're getting we're getting Kite Man. I know. No, I know. That's wild. I it, it's. It's like it's like it's like getting a Spot TV show. You know uh, what I mean? It's like what the fuck is this character? You're telling me, dude. Telling me, but I love. I mean, it, it makes sense though. I love it. it makes sense it, it, because of how good that show was and how much it made, how much viewership went up. It makes more sense how great Kite Man was and, and a breakout star of it. It makes a million times more sense. It was just it just happened to be really good synergy with the comic books that were currently coming out because while he wasn't a main character in Tom King's Batman run, he was present. It's kind of yes. like how Boomerang was present in in the uh, Nick Spencer Spider Man run. Yes. To be fair, he had a little bit more. He had a little bit more presence, but he was present, and that boosted Boomerang's like, you know, awareness. So putting Kite Man in the Batman comic book boosted his awareness, and then the TV show people were just like, "He's in Gotham and he sucks." So Kite Man. Kite Man. So hell yeah, hell yeah! It's gonna be good. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That's gonna be. That's gonna be good. I think I'm definitely watching that, and we'll do a spoiler cast by the way when uh, comes out. <laughs> we will for sure do one. <laughs> Doing a history of That's kite- given. We do all the Harley Quinn stuff. Do a history of kite man. There's only like five minutes of kite man history I can talk about. His- history of kite man. Wow, you know. <laughs>
It's like we got I do, uh, I hope five that, minutes. I hope that DC really wants to do synergy and they do like a five or six issue Kite Man series because by the time that comes out, that's our time to shine, baby. Oh, I can't. I can't. Give us the Kite Man comic. Ugh. Ugh. It'll be my failed shocker pitch. <laughs> I mean, that's also... Uh, I'll, just, I'll just incorporate it into my Batman run later. <laughs> it's, it's all we have to do is move things over. It's just moving pieces, man. Don't worry about it. It's just moving pieces. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. If I can't write about a shitty Marvel villain, I'll write about a shitty DC villain. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really how that works. Same, same story applies. <laughs> oh, God. Did you see, before we get to the next bit of news, did you see the uh, One Piece trailer and the, um, oh my god, the Last last, uh, last Airbender like announcements on Netflix? Yeah, I saw the Last Airbender cast. They look really good. Um, I'm excited for the, the show on Netflix. Uh, it's, it's, got, it's already looking better than Shyamalan. So <laughs> I know. But dude, the One Piece show actually looks good. You're telling me. Dude, I was like, this is wild like, for Netflix. Yeah, like, I saw, like, when it first got announced, I was like, oh, God, Death Note, here we go again. Like, it's going to be bad. And then we got Cowboy Bebop, and while that didn't live up to expectations, the visual style was really good. Oh, yeah. And the casting was good. Yeah. So, so that kind of gave me a little bit more hope after the fumble of Death Note. So seeing this trailer dude this show actually looks really good i I showed it to courtney who doesn't like one piece at all and she was like damn it i'm gonna have to watch this show (laughs) dude there are scenes there there are scenes in that trailer that are cut verbatim from the anime like verbatim yeah man they're doing an adaptation like they're doing good yeah well (laughs) verbatim from the manga james technically (laughs) Respect the source. Oh, <laughs> dude, it's crazy. the The cast, the cast is like. While I say it's good, I don't know any of their acting talents. Which they I think that's good, though. Like they all look how they should be. Yeah, Sefaname. <laughs> don't be mean, though. I'm just being. Yeah, it's just me being dick about it. But like, it's, it's dude because Oda draws them with no intestines. <laughs> I know it's so bad. Dude, have you seen him like do his drawing process? He's like, first I draw an X, and then I put boobs on, <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> not how human anatomy works at all. <laughs> we we can't get that direct from the source. I think she's gonna be fine. No, I know exactly, <laughs> but no, it looks really good. I have her my because uh, going through Netflix uh, last night. I was like hitting like oh remind me later remind me later, I was like and then leave this one with me and she's like oh is this all the stuff coming out later I'm like yes I'm keep adding stuff to my list to watch. Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. I don't know what the trailer just looked really, really good. It I'm does. excited for this. Like I, I was like I was gonna watch it anyway, but yeah. when I saw the trailer, I was like now I have to watch it. Like this actually looks. Like, the guy playing Luffy, he just looks like he embodies it. Like. Oh, yeah. Like, off the five lines he had in the trailer, I was like, this guy gets it. This this, this guy knows the spirit of Luffy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. I'm excited. But my only issue is them bum-rushing through the, the content. But at the same time, I'd rather get to the good stuff as opposed to having all the nonsense. You're going like, to need to. And by good stuff, I mean, like, once you get the five, then it's 
gets like like a real show because it takes like forty episodes for them to get like the the main crew going, and it looks like they're chopping like it's an eight episode season one, and it looks like they're getting all the way up to Arlong in eight episodes. Again, potentially I... past Arlong. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, but each episode's an hour long, and some of them are longer than an hour. Yeah, I think that all. I think it's more to come with the idea that they'll fast forward some of the filler nonsense. It's hard. It's it's, it's really yeah, it's hard to I adapt. Think episode it. one. Yeah, I think episode one will be like the flashbacks, and then him like you know leaving after he talks to Kobe, he leaves to go be a pirate. Episode two will probably be both Zoro and Nami, and then two will finish Nami's story, like recruiting, and then three. Will be Sanji and then four Usopp or whatever the order is, and then after that five, six, seven, and eight are going to be like everything in between. We're fighting, we're punching fish people, and we're getting ready to to sail the east. They got to move somewhat quick, but they can't move too quickly. But we'll jump into comic book news next. Moving from Netflix, we have uh, Wonder Woman's daughter Trinity first, or actually her, her name's Elizabeth Elizabeth Marston Prince. AKA Trinity makes her debut in Wonder Woman 800, which I read, which is the top, is the backstory leading to Tom King's new run. Trinity is the leader of the Justice League. She was trained by Damien and John, who are also members of Justice League of this universe. Uh, John looking exactly the same, and Damien wearing his Batman of Bethlehem uniform, or Batman 666 uniform. Um, it's cool. She's, she's younger than they are, so. Oh, I mean, duh. But it's cool. They don't tell you who her, they, we don't, they don't say who her father is, um. She's made of clay. No, it's not. She has an actual father, because whoever's, like, the villain. So, the entire backstory is a setup for Tom King's run, in which he's, he, there's a, a narrator that she's trying to free. Um, and there, I guess, is a bad guy, and explains, like, oh, your father knew me, your mother knew me, type of thing. Um, yeah. and your friends are the ones, like, fighting for you right now, John and Damien, to get you this far, and you betrayed your mother to do this. And he's like, I'll tell you how she defeated me, and, uh, blah, blah, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool, I kind of want just, like, a Trinity, not her, her Trinity, but a Trinity miniseries out of the three of them together, um, in the future, which is cool. Um, but yeah, no, I think the idea is great, honestly. I mean, I'm excited to check out Tom King's run uh, of Wonder Woman. He He's had his fair share of uh, big name heroes, and now he's moving on to Wonder Woman. Technically, he's written the entire Trinity now. He did Batman, then he did Superman, um, Up, Up, and Away, I think was what it was called, or Up in the Sky, up and away, or something or, like that. Uh, the one where... Up in the Sky for Walmart. Yeah, it was the Walmart one that had Bendis on Batman, yes. so it's like they switched. Yeah, yeah. You know, Batman Universe was that one. So yeah, he wrote Superman there, and then he got to do Wonder Woman now. And he did Supergirl in the middle as well. Yes. So like, that's really cool for him. Well, <laughs> he got to not, – not a lot of people can say besides Justice League writers that they wrote the whole Trinity as separate books. No, they have. And... Um, which is really cool. I do like the idea of Tom King. Um, did you know, do you know what the story's gonna, what they're playing on the story to be for the, his run? I mean, Trinity, I guess. No, that's the prelude. The story actually is an Amazon commits murder on American soil. Mass murder on American soil. And in turn... Mass murder? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's what the solicitation is. 
That's not me. It's like I'm not like it's like hyperbole. That's kind of how they sold it. Commits mass murder on on American soil. The American government decides to banish all Amazons from America. Um, Diana stays behind. There's a one. All of them. She's Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman stays behind to figure out who the murderer is. Um, okay. America makes a task force called the uh, the Amazon Exclusion something, but spells A X E. Um, okay. and they hunt down Amazons. And Steve Trevor's leading the charge. It's gonna be something stupid. Like, it's probably gonna be something stupid like that. <laughs> like, Steve Trevor's got to be on that team for sure, dude. <laughs> I mean, that'd be cool. Not because he hates the Amazons, but because he wants. He's got to be on the inside. Yeah, because you got to help his woman. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I I wonder if they'll like have like a new style of cheetah on the team. Like they imbue them with cheeto blood, and then they have a bunch of ninja cheetos. That you that's what fight. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. They, I'm thinking they'll have like, like a cheetah to fight an Amazon. Like they all have to have like God Slayer weapons. Like Deathstroke, he needed to get one in one of the new fifty, the, the post New Fifty Two runs. Yeah, where he needed like a God Slayer sword that could potentially kill Wonder Woman. Yeah, so you know. They gotta have weapons. And that's the whole thing. So I'm thinking that I'm thinking it's gonna be like Doctor Psycho, like leads a team with Steve Trevor and Cheetah infused people or something. Like there's gotta be like actual forces behind this as opposed to like, yo, we're dudes with guns. Right. Like, you can't <laughs> so, just make it unless they have like god killing bullets. Right. You can't, <laughs> like the only thing you can do is like, oh, these are like magically enhanced weapons from blah blah blah. You know, we'll pretty much figure out, like, oh, it's like Steve Trevor is probably part of the team as a twist. Dr. Psycho's probably on the team because he's a misogynist and hates women. You know, um, having... Um, he's like, perfect, my time to shine. <laughs> exactly, so, oh, finally. Uh, they just take the one from um, the Wonder Woman Earth 1. The right? Morrison like, book, yeah. Looking, so it's even better. Oh, yeah, just do yeah. that. Do it, uh, you... I would, yeah. Yes, I would say Cheetah, um, and, or if not Cheetah, put Giganta on the team. Awesome. I don't. I'm not saying that you put like act. Besides Doctor Psycho, I'm not saying you put like actual no, no, no. villains on the team. I'm saying like you have to enhance them with That's certain villain abilities. That's what I'm saying. Like Gigantas, just like a bunch of Gigantas. That seems like a problem. No, not a bunch of them. They would be imbued with. Cheetahs is a little contained. Like, or they all have the powers, like from Silver Swan or whatever. People that were like Wonder Woman villains that you can. Each one of them has a power. Well, yo, you can do something like. All right, Silver Swan's technology. They can use Silver Swan's technology, and they all can be imbued with pieces of technology. You know, stuff like that. You know, yeah. but yeah, like the cheetah blood thing works because they can't just be dudes with guns. Exactly, they can't just be fucking dudes. <laughs> like it doesn't. They gotta actually have some. Yeah. Some oomph. That's really cool. Who's the artist on that one, Dean? Ah, uh, I, I I just looked up before. Um. Type. No, that's check. Uh, we'll go. Past. Yeah, no, it's Sa um Sampreson or Dan Sampreson. Oh, Sampreci. Yes, yeah, Sampreci. I thought I was gonna be wrong because I'm yeah, thinking yeah. Joe. No, I think that one's <laughs> no, no. I think it's I think I don't think it's actually spelled the same way that Joe spells his name. Yeah, but it, I believe it's like very similar to that. Okay. Um, or Sampreze. It might be like a P R E P R E S E. Yeah, it's it it's like shorter. Anyway. Yeah, let's bounce into Marvel territory. We got some some stuff to talk about. Oh my let's god! Quickly do this, like, 
after we talk about this next Marvel Comics update, I I have a I I I got something to say about Kamala Khan. Oh, oh yeah, we're we're, we're, we're getting there. We got to talk about it. So, give us your because uh, you're the X Men guy. Give us your your thing. All right, coming later on this year, we have the wedding of the century. Everyone's cordially invited. Hellfire Gala, where is a mandatory must. It is the wedding of Tony Stark, the Invincible Iron Man, and Emma Frost, the White Queen of the Hellfire Club, and members. Jerry Duggan's writing both books. Because in reality, Jerry Duggan's writing both books. Um, yeah, he's writing Immortal X-Men, I think it's what it is. Oh, no, he's writing regular X-Men. X-Men. And, um, yeah, but this one is specifically, uh, I think, Immortal No, it's not. X-Men. It's regular X-Men. Mm. It's regular X-Men and regular Iron Man. Um, because me and Cam were talking about this at work. And the big thing is that it's not um, – this is not a wedding out of love. Like, this is not one of those it's weddings. Business. business. It is because of um, – Fei Long, the enemy in the current Iron Man series, is a part of Orcus. And Iron Man is crossing over with them right now. Yeah, I mean, um, Duggan was teasing uh, Emma Frost as like a relationship partner. Uh, for Iron Man, very early in his run, if not like the first three issues or so. Well, I, so this seems like it's kind of like a headwind. Well, I mean, they've even mentioned it before in the past that Iron Man and uh, Emma have had a on again, off again kind of like thing. Mm-hmm. You know, in other books, they did it in Utopia. They in the Utopia ever. They did it during um, Dark X Men. They did it during Civil War. Um, you know, so it's it's a thing. But this wedding is more out of like Phelan works for Orcus. It's a it's a way for it's a way for um Iron Man because Iron Man's doing the is part of the Fall of X Men. Uh Fall of X. Okay. It's a way to tie him closer to them. Um and also allow him to have some sort of amnesty on Krakoa while he can work there out of Krakoa without uh interference from the United States government. Mm. Remember, if he marries her, she'll be a Krakowian citizen. Yeah, he'll have some amnesty from the government. <laughs> Which him is the, 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 the only humans on Krakow would be um what to call it? Um uh, Kingpin, Tony, and then North Star's husband. Which I feel bad for him because the other two dudes that are human on your island are like major players in your planet. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wonder, is it really only those three humans? I thought there was more. Nope, that's it. I thought there was like a few other like partners oh, or something. Brian, like, that, like the, the I think no, Brian. no, Braddock doesn't live there. He doesn't live there, but he gets to go there. Yeah, because his his wife's a mute, but they don't live there. They live yeah, on so Braddock Mountain. Yeah, but yeah, but there's amnesty, is what I'm saying. Like besides living there, there's like. There's a few other humans, like Captain America gets to hang out. No, he doesn't. Well, he's going to be on that, <laughs> he's going to do that Uncanny X-Men or Uncanny Avengers X-Men book, where yeah. he's going to be hanging out. Yeah, but he won't be on Krakoa for that. He doesn't get to go, he doesn't get to go for, like, for free, but he gets to, like, visit. More so than Spider-Man. Yeah, no, that's what it is. Like, to have, to have Krakoa and Amnesty is that you have to be a citizen of Krakoa. Um, and it's only for mutants, unless you marry a mutant. 
you know. Mm, so you think it's a, you think it's a tax break? <laughs> yeah, it is. No, it is, and that's really what this is. It's a way for them to fight against Fei Long and for him to have a base to work out of without like Fei Long using it going well. Secret base. And right, and 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 build stuff out of. But now all I think of is like he'll be hanging out, and like Kingpin's like, "Hey, Tony, you want to talk about like they don't secret identity to me?" <laughs> yeah, give me all the secrets, please. Yeah, like because he'll also be there. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's crazy. It's so wild, and like, dude, the internet's reacting so weirdly to the fact that Tony and Emma are getting married. This was teased all the way back to the first Timeless issue. Well, yeah, but nobody raised Timeless. <laughs> I did. Everyone did. Because everyone thought every... You work in a store, so you reading books is cheating. Well, yes. Um, <laughs> not everybody. I didn't read it. Time, most people read not Timeless. everybody read it. Most people read Timeless. It was a one-shot. Not not, not Twitter. <laughs> well, it, they're dumb. Twitter doesn't read. All right, well, that's their problem. We've been through that. Um, but the big thing in, in Timeless <laughs> yeah. was... In timeless, everyone every year when it comes out, people go through the list and point out like, oh, what can wait? What are just like fake like little teases they give us, and what are the real ones? And one of them, like, oh, the yeah. wedding. One of them was like, oh, the second the, the second child of of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones was one of the teasers, and the other one was like the wedding of Tony Stark and Emma Frost. And I was like, oh, and but also King of Black was part of it. Like, oh, one of them King was um, one of them was Nightcrawler Spider Man. No, that's for this year's timeless. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, last uh, year's probably the uh, year before is timeless. Sorry, um, was King in Black, um, the wedding of Tony Stark and Emma Frost, the child Luke Cage and 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 um, Jessica Jones. There's a bunch. I'm like, okay, that's fake. That's fake. That's real. And most of them all come true except for the the, the second child thing. Mm-hmm. And now this year's was like, oh, the Spider-Man thing. We're like, oh, that's weird. Why does he look like that? And then there's a one where it's like a spider, a spider woman that has MJ's hair with a female teaming up with a fight and fighting against a female Black Panther. Uh, that's from this year's timeless. Everyone's like, oh, that's that's that was the red herring to look at, not the Spider-Man one. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, it's good though. I'm actually excited. So go and, and before I won't stop you. Go in your rank. I know exactly what you would point out. <laughs> it's not a rant. It's mostly just an observation. Go. Kamala Khan's on the cover, man. Yeah, she's sitting on Stinger's shoulder. It's just like it's the worst kept secret that she's coming back we to life. We all like, knew that. Even, we knew that, but at the same time, it's like. Marvel, like you know how Marvel is sometimes, where they try to play coy, where they're like, no, "That's not what we're doing." We're not clever. We swear, and then they do it, dude. Like they... every once in a while, Marvel pulls that where they're like, "Nah," and then they do it. Marvel this time is just like we're putting her on every cover. I know. <laughs> we even have like fallen friend as a story as like a solicit. Nah, dude. That last issue of Spider Man where he's like he sleeps with the mask. I'm like, what is going on? It's it's. I need a new Spider-Man writer pretty soon or just give it back to Dan Slott officially. It's not, it's not. Uh, so like everyone's like, Oh, we'll see. She's coming back. Like you, if you believe that the girl who was, that had a TV show on MC, uh, on Disney plus that has a movie coming out this year that they were going, like, yeah, we'll keep it dead. You, you've never read a comic book in your entire life. Then mm-hmm. it's like nuts. 
Like, if you believe that... Synergy. <laughs> if you really thought that was going to be a thing, you're out of your mind. I'm all for killing characters as long as, like, story permits or you want, like... It needs to feel like it's actually something. Because when you're reading that Spider-Man book, does it... One, does it not only come out of kind of nowhere with Kamala only being in, like, four issues of the book? It also feels like a nothing burger for Peter because Peter and Kamala only really cross paths occasionally. And it's not like it's, like... Robbie Robertson that got killed, or Miles Morales. No. Or even fucking Alpha, if you want to go that hard on sidekicks. Like, you want to fucking bring Alpha back just to kill him off? Like, you can't just kill Kamala Khan in a Spider-Man book. Like, what are you... What is that? Pick up a character. Kill the Beetle. No, no. The Beetle would have been baller. Black Cat would have been nuts. No, we Teresa Parker. That would be cool. That, that, would actually, that would be a cool twist. Yeah, if it was Teresa, she showed up doing spy stuff and disguised as Mary Jane. Just bombed out, yeah. That would have been, been baller. That would have made sense. <laughs> I mean, if, if if Teresa wasn't in the book and then showed up to do that, it wouldn't make sense. But use a, using a character like Teresa makes more sense than Kamala. Dude, anybody. Aunt May. I don't know. <laughs> Aunt May. <laughs> Dude, fucking just Liz Allen. Yeah. She's in the comic books right now as, as Hallow's Eve, I think. No, no, no. That's uh, Ben Riley's uh, That's not girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, what is she? Shri- Shriek? Who, who's Liz Allen? Misery. Misery. She's relevant in the books right now. Why don't you get rid of her? You can't. They're, they're currently doing it, about to do an event. Yeah, but you could have gotten rid of her after the event. Stretch it out. Like, I don't know. Kamala's dumb. Anyway, so she's coming back. She's on. I mean, seeing as she's on the cover, it's very much like Marvel's little not so great secret. It's it just we knew this was coming, and like it's one of those like yeah, no dub, but it's like one of those like you should try harder, try harder, be better at your job. Be better. Yeah. Marvel's better. And now with that out of the way, and the the rant that can go on for forever, we can talk about that sweet trailer that drops. <laughs> yeah, it's actually a good trailer. Um, so yesterday or two days ago, it was leaked the trailer in very bad resolution. But then yesterday, it was supposed to come out Wednesday, but yesterday they decided to drop the full trailer uh, as opposed to it being leaked on Sunday. And the movie actually looks good. It's for Craven the Hunter, Marvel's new. Uh, I'm sorry, Sony Marvel's new project. Uh, villains aren't made, they're born, or they're not born, they're made. But th- they're toting him as a villain like he's not the main good guy character in this. They're, they're also doing that whole, like, look, spiders! He He's he's afraid of spiders! I wonder if he's gonna come against a Spider-Man! And they're also, with this trailer, they also confirmed that it's not in the... Uh, Amazing Spider-Man universe, which I'm disappointed. No, I know, I know you were. I, I that's why I was gonna bring all that stuff up. That's why I wanted to see where you were. You Dude. were going with your thoughts. Um, Dude, what if the Sony Spider-Man is Ben Riley? I'll cry. <laughs> in a good way or a bad way? Uh, if he's not, if he's like the Across the Spider-Verse story, in a bad way. No, he wouldn't be that. That was mostly a joke because of the the era of version they used. For I him. know. If 
if you use like a modern day version of Ben Riley, not Chasm, a modern day version of Ben Riley, like maybe the Beyond era, um, in, in like appeal, not in design or anything, but like think about it. If 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 you're saying it's not ASM universe, and you you, you want to make it your own thing, why not use a clone of Peter? And you can even mention that Peter died, and it's not the same Peter anymore. Or Peter retired after the Clone Saga or something, and then you make it Ben Riley. Or Cam brought this, that would be nice. Cam brought this up at work today. Maybe this is why Spider Woman is coming out as the last film. That she's the hero that this world needs. The Madam Web movie. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of do that because of all the Spider characters they yeah. have. You can throw like Anya or Mayday or whatever. Yeah, whoever. But well, it's by the yeah. Madam Web movie because we know Jessica Drew's gonna be in it and stuff like that. Yeah, I yeah, I think the Madam Web movie is just gonna. I, apparently, it's like a prequel. To what? It takes place in like the nineties. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, I'm out. There. Because Madam Web is freaking um, Dakota Johnson. Yeah, and she's like. 35 at most. Oh, yeah. So, I'm thinking it takes place, and then, like, at the end, it'll jump forward so she doesn't have to do any more movies to the modern-day stuff where Madam Web is, like, played by one of the Aunt May actresses or something. That'd be kind of cool. Or just put old lady makeup on Dakota Johnson. Yeah, I mean, and they then don't you have reveal to... whoever the next Spider-Man they is. Don't and have... It could be, like, a Jessica Drew-style character or Anya or Mayday or Ben Riley. Or Ben Riley. My boy Ben. <laughs> I think it would be cool if they incorporate the clones more now that they've become like popularized from the comic books and Ben Riley's stellar appearance in Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, you can have like the like you don't need to do Kane, you don't need to go Scarlet Spider. Nah. It, it kind of makes the it kind of goes better with the universe's tone, but I think throwing Ben Riley in there, a character who was Spider-Man for a while. Like back in the day, like the stories that they're pulling from—not that they're Ben Riley stories—but the stories that they're pulling from for these movies all kind of uh, happened near the Clone Saga stuff. Sorry, I don't mean to trail off. Someone posted up a, a picture of the, the the cover spread for the Emma Frost uh, Iron Man wedding, and zoomed in on Scott with Gene in the background. It goes, "Scott, some squeezes Gene's hand while watching Emma Frost get married." This man is sick to his stomach. Not one X Men is smiling in the back at all. The X-Men are messy. This is going to be a messy wedding. <laughs> the X-Men are all going to get fucking blackout drunk. It's like, hey, it's, it's not their tab. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on Tony's tab. It's like, you guys are rich. This better be going off right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to you, man, not me. <laughs> no, but I think going with an overall darker tone for the Spider-Man itself... Might be good using Kane, but I think Ben Riley would be the optimal choice. If That's you don't probably Ben Riley. Because having Peter separated from the from the movies is something that they've shown as, as a thing. Most yeah. of the Peter from 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 the MCU, you don't want to have too many Peters rolling around. An animated Peter is much different than two live action Peters. Well, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking if you do Ben Riley, that would be kind of cool because you can introduce uh, new generation to you know, a Spider-Man that was, what, the 90s Spider-Man? Yeah, it's 90s Spider-Man. He's a 90s Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. so why not do 90s Spider-Man? I know. You don't have to do, like, the full-on, like, 
Like you can use the design that came later, the uh, the one that uh, his spider suit, not like the blue coat. What is not his ninety suit? Yo, whatever spider suit that he has when he's like Spider Man. Oh, his uh, the one that had the gauntlets on it, the one that Mayday wears. Um, yeah, yeah, the one that Mayday wears. That one would be very cool to see in live action. Yeah. That'd be I think dope. that would be a good choice for him to do. Because, like, while the other Scarlet Spider suit's cool, I think you can save that for your own Clone Saga movie where you introduce Kane or something. No, of course. But if you want to use, like, proper Spider suit, use the Spider-Man suit with the gauntlets on it that Mayday uses. Yeah, that's the, that's the best Spider-Man suit. That but, cool. outside yeah. of that, in the trailer, go back to the trailer for a second. We see yeah. um, a bit of how Craven becomes Craven, and uh, I saw that Travis is post yeah, about he, it. He gets he gets fucking tiger blood. <laughs> so this is an idea that me and you had. Mean is an idea that me and you had, and we were talking about. Oh right? my god! Yeah, no, no. <laughs> the, the fucking he, he's being toted is like the hunter totem, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm yes. like, we just wrote that down. <laughs> um, and we I thought think, we just blew everybody's minds. Yeah, and no. So I like, think, we're gonna do that. I well, I don't think he's I don't think the hunter totem. I think he's the lion totem, and Rhino's the Rhino totem, and that's who we're going to meet the first time, leading into like yeah, their yeah. like team. Um, to like everyone well, yeah, else would be so, a total. A bunch of the leaked, a bunch of the leaked synopsis has said that he's like hunting these other animal totem things, like hunting the other zodiacs, essentially, Just trying to like you know stop some bad like society. Yeah, I I think this is just going the after his dad. Movie, like get targeted for the hunter society. Yeah, I think he's going after his dad. I think it's a dad story. His dad's gonna die at the beginning. Oh really? He's gonna kill us. He's probably gonna. It's Russell Crowe. They didn't get him for the whole fucking movie. Who knows? I do. It's a Sony movie. They don't have money. I mean, they're making more. The, the money. I, I think his dad's gonna get murdered. Right. Because after the after the flashbacks, he's not show. He's not in there anymore. I mean, well, it's a trailer. Plus, it's like it's like twenty years later. Russell Crowe is old in those flashbacks. I mean, he is. I mean, Russell Crowe is also old. Yeah, I don't know. I think if they, they bring Craven back, like, as the main bad guy, his dad would be so dumb. Well, we'll see. Derivative. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. But it does yeah, look Rhino like... Rhino and the society kind of makes sense. It looks like they're leaning to the totem idea that we were talking about, like... How Spider-Man's villains are all animal totems. Like the joke in with the Inheritors was that, like, oh, like Superior Octopus wasn't a totem. He was actually an octopus totem pretending to be a spider totem. You know, this way yeah, I think, yeah. you know, this way I think we're gonna like lead into like an alternate version of the the Spider Verse, but like with the Inheritors story where they're coming and they will be, eat, be eating like just different totems. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Rhino has like weird Rhino powers. Yeah, he's turning into a Rhino. Yeah, turn into an actual Rhino. He's like, "What? You see what they call me a Rhino?" I'm like, "Okay, he's turning into yeah, he's a Rhino." Into a Rhino. It's Paul Giamatti. <laughs> oh Jesus! Ah, uh, uh, dude, I think it would be. I was talking to my dad about this. I think it would be hilarious if, like. 
they do get Paul Chimati and he like takes the rhino like drugs and then he turns into a different actor like like a big like buff guy and they CGI him or whatever. But I think it would be hilarious if Paul Giamatti gets injected with the blood. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. No. Because then you can have Ben Riley be like Andrew Garfield. Because <laughs> uh, then you can bring Andrew Garfield back and give him his proper Spider-Man trilogy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. I know. That'd be kind of tight. The only thing that would... Or maybe it's like Paul Giamatti's kid. <laughs> Like, oh, no, I can't. I can't with this. What is happening here? <laughs> so your, your, your thing with Paul Giamatti is freaking me out. I just think it's hilarious that they cast him as the rhino for, like, ten minutes of screen time. Well, it was supposed and to be more than that. I'm aware it was supposed to be more than that. But Marvel these days seems like they're all about second chances. So why not bring Paul Giamatti back? What's he doing, you know? Uh, nothing. He's Paul Giamatti. What's Paul Giamatti doing? Yeah. Nothing. He doesn't need to do anything, but, you know, give us Big Fat yeah. Liar, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, like... <laughs> That's what that is. Uh, dude, but this Craven trailer looks crazy. He bites some guy's nose off and spits dude, it at the camera. People are going wild with, about that. It's the first R-rated sp- Marvel movie that's not Deadpool. And it's... Um, well, it's not a Marvel movie. It's Remember that. It's, in Remember, it's not ma- with Marvel. Yes. When I say Marvel movie, I mean Marvel the company. Yes. As a mo- the Marvel movie. It's crazy that Craven is the first R-rated one when you could have just gone straight for the head uh, with Venom and made all of them R-rated. But, you know, the kids need to see Venom the movie. Well, again, I'm not against, like I said, I'm not against it. I think the problem has always been not the idea that you make things R-rated. There is a level you have to kind of be like, yeah, we're doing this as a, you know, a company. We have to do stuff for general audiences. They do. It's just not good. Venom is PG-13, but the violence isn't that crazy. Like... Like, there are a few action movies. Like, some of the Fast and the Furious movies have, like, a PG-13 rating. Like, in the, in, in the weird middles. And they, like, shoot people in the face. Yeah. So happens. you can kind of, like, get, a like, a hard PG-13. But, and, and still have, like, that kind of, like, if Venom was, like, Venom 2 kind of had good vibes about the, the, the rating. Where it was, like, a hard PG-13 that were biting people's heads off and stuff. Like, on screen. Like, was nuts. Yeah. So, and to my knowledge, Venom 2 isn't rated R. Yeah. Hello. Oh. Sorry, my mom called me. Hold on. PG-13. Which one, Venom? Yeah, Venom 2. Let There Be Carnage is PG-13. And they bite bite Woody Harrelson's head off. That's weird. Yeah, so you can kind of get away with doing, like, a hard PG-13. You can. I mean, as much as you... As, yes, as much as you possibly can, remember, the only difference between a PG-13 and a rated R is the word fuck. And how many times you can say it. <laughs> really. That is true. Like, really, that that's, is true. that's all it is. I mean, you, you know, the level of violence can also be equated to it, but if you're doing, like, a hard PG-13, you know, you just keep all your F-bombs together. 
you drop one right at the end. It really is just that. You know, it's nothing. It's nothing like insane. I think the pro well, even with Let There Be Carnage, that was what that what, what was that one? That was that was an R. The PG thirteen. Ew. It was a hard PG thirteen. Yeah, I remember watching it and going, "Wow, there's like a lot of horror scenes." Yeah, they bite Woody Harrelson's head off. Yes. <laughs> like it's crazy. No, it really. I forgot that was a PG thirteen. Yeah. So if they can go like hard PG thirteen from uh, these Sony movies and keep it like a darker universe, that would be nuts. I know. That's true. You can do that, and that's how you get Ben Riley proper. Right? Uh, you know, you, you go back to the Ben Riley the thing, and the idea, I like, gotta pitch the Ben Riley movie, guys. Come on! <laughs> no, it's the Ben Riley movie. It's not as long as it's not like the what they did with uh, the Spider Verse. We're good. No, I'll get live action Andy Samberg. <laughs> oh, that's what you want? Live that's what we're getting? Yeah. Live action Andy Samberg playing the, the moody version of him from across the Spider-Verse. Oh, Venom, stop. <laughs> My muscles <laughs> ache for you. <laughs> oh god, that's that's not at all what that becomes. <laughs> Venom is a gay icon. He is a gay icon. So you know. Spider-Man must get Spider-Man. <laughs> he licks the screen. I'm just saying, you know, exactly. maybe Ben Riley, <laughs> Tom Hardy, and Ben Riley. <laughs> Dude, you see the poster for Craven? Dude, he looks savage. It's ripped straight from one of the uh, Spider-Man books. Dude. That straight up looks like that was not like some dude like edit it out just a little bit less clothes. It's opening for a corner. <laughs> like you, you just open his legs a tiny bit more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's uh, it's a little rough, but at the same time, it's from directly from a panel from one of the books. Notice? Yeah. So and, and you, a lot of people were like were leaking like the first images of Craven, and it was him with just the vest on. Like yeah. Just like the the tank top vest, and people were like, "Take a look at Craven's costume. It's so stupid and terrible and stinky." And then they dropped the poster where he looks like Craven the Hunter from the comics. And then in the trailer, you see when he picks up his spear, his his Aquaman twenty eighteen moment where he picks up the spear underneath the waterfall and gets his new costume. <laughs> That's what it looks like, at least. It does. We're going to get that Aquaman coming out of the waterfall in a dope-ass outfit moment. <laughs> no, I know. We're not getting that, but like... Another bearded guy with long hair. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, well, duh. Okay. Sorry. So, yeah, I'm excited for this movie, honestly, more than I thought I would be after seeing the trailer. Like, Morbius, I was, like, into in, like, a terrible way because I was like, oh, this looks like Morbius was okay. But I liked it for, like... A Morbius movie, you know, like it's serviceable for like if you'd like the character, but as an average moviegoer, you're like, what the fuck is this movie? No, that movie and was then as not a comic journal art movie. That like, movie was made. Movie? You know, that movie was made for me and you, and for that movie Oscar. was made for Morbius fans only. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> if you read the Morbius comic book from 2011. During the Superior run, that book was made for you specifically. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's an anti-hero. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why I liked it. Because I read that book and I was into that book. 
I got all 11 issues. Ooh. <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> it's like that vibe book from fucking New 52 where oh. they're like, vibe gets a 10 issue series. And you're like, what the fuck? Well, like, yeah. But it was good. <laughs> it was good. It was a good book. I still love it. Like, his power is great dance. His power is not great dance. Great dance in that one. No, they upped his powers. His powers not break dancing. <laughs> That's from one of the animated shorts DC used to. No, his, no, that was what he was known for in the comics, and when it, when it was just the Detroit era, when he was part of that team, when he was oh, just created, <laughs> and he was a break dancer. It was him, Gypsy, it was Gypsy Vibe, Steel, a lot of the Legends characters, uh, Legends Tomorrow characters, or like that them and like the Flash team were members of Just League Detroit. Martian Manhunter, Vixen, Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh, Let's put Aquaman in Detroit. <laughs> Which that would that would make no sense actually. Honey, stop trying to get the camera off. Is there, is there a Great Lake in your Detroit? Yes, it is. It's all it's that's it literally is on a Great Lake. It's on Lake Michigan. Okay, so at least so at least there's water. Yeah, it's it's on Lake Michigan. But like Aquaman. Yep. <laughs> okay, I understand. Like West Coast Justice League, you put Aquaman in there. Yeah, no. sure. He's on the but Great like, Lakes team. He's the Great Lakes Avengers Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, he's on the true team. But yeah, so you know yeah, the the dude the Craven movie comes out in October. I know. It comes out like soon. Yeah. And we got that trailer just recently, which means, like, the movie's done. Like, sometimes Marvel releases trailers early. Yeah, But this I mean, movie, its marketing honest, campaign just started, and it's coming out in, like, four months. To be honest, the reason why it came out this early is because, like, there's nothing else really coming out. Pop this there. early? No, this trailer, this trailer is technically late. The movie seems early because they haven't been marketing it for that long. Yeah, no. Usually, marketing is like a like a five to seven month cycle for bigger movies. The more you market, the better you do. But the shorter the lifespan is for marketing, like Solo had like five weeks of marketing essentially. Yeah, because Last Jedi was ass to everybody's viewpoints. Yeah, because it was. So and Strange World from Disney, that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, where it had a lot of that like flack because they had the gay son in it or whatever. Yeah, it um it had no it had zero little to no marketing as well, and that movie flopped. Yeah. So this marketing campaign, four months out, it's in the range you would need. I would have started last month, but you know, I guess starting during Pride Month is also kind of a flex. I mean. Yeah, if you need a new gay icon, release the Craven? sexy Aaron Taylor Johnson trailer. Yeah, <laughs> where he's just buff running around and biting people's noses off. I mean, that's a turn on, right? <laughs> All he needs to do is hold a uh, a pride flag in the trailer, and we got it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I know, right? That's all you needed, honey. Sorry, my daughter has my phone. Um. But yeah, no, um, that's, it's really cool trailer, and I kind of hate that I like it that much, but then I'm going to be disappointed if this movie's garbage. <laughs> if it is garbage. I, I hope it's, like, better than most Marvel MCU movies. How crazy would that be if it's, like, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, my God. <laughs> 
the best Marvel movie <laughs> fucking since Spider-Man No Way Home. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, no. We're technically yeah. the best Spider-Man, uh, the, the best um, Marvel movie since what was the last actually good one? Uh, Shang-Chi. <laughs> yeah. But that'd be nuts, dude. <laughs> it should, it, if it doesn't beat Eternal, they'll be mad. <laughs> I think it'll be better than Love and Thunder and Quantumania for sure. Did um, but I think it like I think Eternals is better than those two movies in a different regard. Like Ant Man, I think is fun, but Eternals, like I think, is just a better movie, well put together in in, in a way that Ant Man doesn't really, you know. Uh, and Love and Thunder is. We don't talk about it. <laughs> Just from a creative standpoint, from a from a movie standpoint, it's, it's better than Iron Man too. But <laughs> from a, from a creative standpoint, yeah. So I think this Craven movie has potential to be the best Sony movie and potentially one of the best Marvel movies in years if they just go hard. I know. Like, don't hold anything back. Who gives it? Like, you're Sony Marvel. Who cares what you're doing? No, I know. <laughs> you, you make Spider-Verse, which makes you all the money, and then you use those monies on your bad Spider-Man movies. That's all you got to do. <laughs> yeah, that's all you got to do is just do that. Yeah. Take the money from go the good hard. ones and go throw hard. it at the bad ones and just go hard. Complete the CGI. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I just watched The Flash. They needed like another million dollars in budget at least. They do just to make it not ugly. When we talk about Flash, dude, there are like horror stories that that came out about the movie and production about that movie. Like even like people that worked on the movie, like they would they were cutting on budget towards the end of it because they didn't know whether or not they were scrapped the movie. Well, yeah, because of all the Ezra Miller stuff, and yeah. then because of the DCEU stuff and the flopping of Black Adam. Excuse me, Black Adam and Shazam. Yeah, and then merging companies. Yeah, becoming just Max. Yeah, or that's well, like HBO part. Like, I was so convinced that John was going to be right, and the Flash movie was never coming out. But I think it was so finished, and since Flash is a more recognizable character than Batgirl, they were just like, "It'll do better than Batgirl." So instead of scrapping Batgirl, we'll we'll scrap. I mean, instead of uh, scrapping Flash, we'll scrap Batgirl. Like oh, I yeah. feel like if Ezra got arrested for those crimes, the movie wouldn't have come out. Oh yeah, but because they were able to like kind of get off with it, not get away with it, get off with it. Like you know, they got their reprimanding or whatever, and and they're working on themselves. And they even make a joke about it in the movie, which I think is terrible. Oh, uh, I I heard there, there's a scene where he's talking about mental health, and he like looks directly at the camera and he goes, "And I should know." And I'm like, "Bro, <laughs> like, what are you doing?" <laughs> Don't do oh, don't don't be self-referential. <laughs> like, oh man. <laughs> so I mean, you can be self-referential, but do it in a better way. Like in Transformers, which is a movie we'll be talking about soon, they do a they do a Star Wars joke where they they fly now. Oh so, yeah. You're allowed to get away with some stuff. I know that's not as referential as Ezra Miller being self-referential, but it is a. Like that, the Transformers reference was a meme of sorts, you know. So, when you're referencing outside sources, it's like okay. But uh, speaking of which, you want to start talking about Transformers? Yeah, give me one second. I was I was pulling up. They like need to this. start utilizing that theme song in these movies. They do more than meets 
Yeah. They really do. They don't you know. I mean, like the vocals, they do the instrumentals. Like, but I need to hear like anytime there's like a transition, they go. Oh, like the swoop, the whoosh. They're like, I just need something. All right. So like, we. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. You finish your thought. Oh no, I was just saying, like when they do like, when they do those like every Transformers movie, they do like a logo drop. Yes. They should just do a Transformers every time it comes on the screen. It'd be so good. I mean, well, yeah, duh. But this movie's actually good. It's got Bumblebee vibes. So uh, that's Because it's a sequel to Bumblebee. Yeah, it takes place in 1994. Duh, this soundtrack slaps, by the way. Dude, this movie slaps. It does. I went into the movie thinking, like, it's going to be okay. Like, I liked Bumblebee a lot. Yeah. But I knew it was also a Transformers movie and not a Bumblebee movie. But then I saw that Anthony Ramos got casted, and I was like, all right. And then Dominique Fishburne, and I was like, okay, okay. And then my boy Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah, he was Mirage. And I was like, all right, this movie has potential. You got like <laughs> you have like award-winning actors, and then you have Pete Davidson. I'm at least watching it. You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> but I was very surprised that this movie slapped. All right, so we would jump right into the movie then. We have Transformers Rise of the Beast, a sequel to the critically acclaimed Transformers uh, Bumblebee movie that came out, uh, what, eight years ago now? Nine years ago now? 2018. 2018? Yeah, oh, wow, okay. Um, yeah, 2018, 2019. Created by E1 Entertainment. With John Cena, by the way. I know. <laughs> uh, Who should have been a G.I. Joe character, but that's besides the point. I know. Uh, based on the Hasbro storyline, Transformers, and influenced by the Beast Wars storyline, um, this is the seventh installment of Mostly. this is the seventh installment of the Transformers live action film series, but is a sequel to the Bumblebee movie. It's, yeah, you're right. Which is technically a reboot. It's a soft reboot, yes. Yeah, like a very soft reboot. Like they haven't confirmed whether or not the other movies do take they place. They don't take place. But they're just like Bumblebee's good. No, the other ones don't take place in this new universe. Because um, Optimus makes a statement in this movie that the only reason why they jump there on Earth at this point is because they're, they're it's a layover during the war. They yeah, were like, we knew that in Bumblebee. Yes, but like they don't make in the other movies. That's not Bumblebee, what's going on. They start escaping. Yeah, in the other yeah, movies, you know they're stuck though. Well, no, in the in, other in the first two Transformers movies, they're trying to get back home, and then in the third one. Uh, Sentinel Prime comes down and he's like, I have the thing that'll bring Cybertron here. Well, the and they're thing, like, what the fuck? No. No, well, the thing about them going <laughs> home, the thing about them going home in the other movies is that they all came to Earth because of the Allspark being um, ignited by Sam with Wiki in the first movie. In this movie, <laughs> in this movie, it's just a layover. They were going somewhere else and they stopped here for a little bit and got I stuck mean, here. I mean, now that we're really dissecting the Transformers plotline, the, the biggest glaring factor that they weren't here before was in Transformers The Last Night, where they're like, Transformers have been around since King Arthur. Bumblebee helped <laughs> Harriet Tubman. Was a Transformer. Bumblebee, yeah. helped Bumblebee helped Harriet Tubman. The Underground Railroad was just a giant robot. Bumblebee fought the Nazis. <laughs> like, none of this is like... <laughs> That was a running joke the we only had thing at work. That's like, like, the only thing that's like kind of canon in like the new timeline that's weird is that Bumblebee Prelude comic where he's like James Bond. That's fine. Yeah, that one's okay. Sure, you know, I'll allow it. Yeah, not. <laughs> but him being in like World War II is hilarious. Him being the actual Underground Railroad. 
Like, I, I, they would drive sure. a fucking robot car. <laughs> yeah, I would believe, like, because it's modern history, you can wipe away the other stuff as myths and legends and whatever. It's a what giant transformer robot. do you think was driving JFK around during, <laughs> during <laughs> <Oof>. the assassination? <laughs> it wasn't, it was a Decepticon. <laughs> It was supposed to be an Autobot that day, but it was a Decepticon. Yeah, he's the, he's the one who changed the uh, changed the pattern. He changed the, the, the route. The it. it was Megatron. He's like, I got you. Megatron was working with the with Cobra. Oh my God, I'm writing a Transformers movie. Can we hop your Michael Bay, where are yeah. you? I know. Michael Bay, we have the best Transformers movie for you. No, I know. There we got oh it. Oh my God. But yeah, so with this movie, I'll, let me finish down the rundown. I'll go back into the plot. We'll go back into the plot. Yeah, we, yeah. we will just talk about like the ideas how Transformers adopt sometimes. Directed by shows up. Uh, directed by Stephen Campbell Jr. and screenplay by Joby Harold and a bunch of other people. We have the cast, which includes Anthony Ramos as Noah Diaz. He's the human protagonist. Dominique Fishback as the other human protagonist. Uh, Luna Lauren Velasquez as Noah's mom. Background characters, background char- um, Dean Scott uh, Vasquez as Chris, um, Noah's younger brother, Toby Neogen, um, it's N W I G, yeah, Dwayne, as uh, Reed, Noah's friend, N W I G, Michael Kelly as Agent Burke. We'll talk about this at the end. Uh, Sarah Stills is uh, Elena's boss. Aiden Devon as Bishop and whatever is at the hospital. Now let's do all about the Transformers. Peter Cullen re- returns as Optimus Prime. He's the original voice actor from G1. Optimus Prime, leader of the robots. Uh, you have Rod Perman and Optimus Primal. Yeah, dude, Hellboy. That's nuts. He doesn't get to do much talking, though, to be fair. I know. Uh, Peter Dinklage as Scourge. Yeah, dude, Peter Dinklage was a tight cast for this guy. I know. <laughs> um, he oozes bad guy energy. Dude, it's so good. Uh, Michelle Yeoh as Air Razor. Again, this lineup is That's a good one. Awesome. Top tier casting. <laughs> and she's, she is in this movie, if not as much as Mirage. Air Razor is in it the most. Yeah. She's in it the <laughs> No, Mirage is in it the most. But it's crazy that Mirage is like the, the point of view Transformers character in this one. And it's especially funny because he's played by Pete Davidson. <laughs> Mirage played by Pete Davidson. Uh, Liza Koshy as uh, R.C. Ooh, Liza Koshy. Ooh, that's a mm, really. Yeah, that's who that was. Yeah. I mean, hey, I, I don't like her, but fucking get work, dude. That's crazy. Get in that movie for real. Uh, you have noticed the choice then. Wow. Uh, you have David Solvik as uh, Rhinox as Battle Trap, the uh, big enforcer for the Terracons, and Ape Link, the first like gorilla that we meet in the movie that's not Optimus Primal. Oh, yeah, his dad. Um, you have uh, Michaela Ye, uh, J. Rodriguez as Nightbird. She's, that's the uh, this other Terracon. They're like a fly. Oh, my God. It is Liza Koshy. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> that's crazy. You have Coleman Domingo. Oh, John DiMaggio is in there? Oh, my God. You have uh, Coleman Domingo as Unicron. Unicron. Which I they should have just Very brought good. back. Um, What's his name? Oh my god, what the hell is this actually? But have you seen what Coleman Domingo looks like though, dude? No matter what he looks like, it's voice acting. Oh, they should No, I know, but like he looks like he looks like Unicron. They should have had uh 
you have Christopher Fernandez as Wheeljack. Oh yeah, that Wheeljack that is an interesting, uh, like <laughs> such a weird flex. That was that was actually really funny. Um, this is what Wheeljack is, and he's like some fucking like hipster. <laughs> yes, and then you had Tanya. Uh, Tony Christia as um, Cheetor. I was gonna mispronounce that name completely. Oh yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that name either, but yeah, they're for my zombie. Okay, and then Scorponok and uh, Bumblebee were just like random voices because that voice actor, they were actually just like like noises. Like his oh yeah, they didn't get uh, Dylan O'Brien back to be Bumblebee. No. <laughs> He's busy doing something Bruce else. Willis was there. Oh yeah, <laughs> he said yippee ki yay, <laughs> dude. So this cast is wild. First of all, dude, this cast is good. Like, this movie, like, really tried. Transformers is really trying. So, did you catch all the nods about them being from the future? The the Maximals? Yeah, that's what they... So, the whole thing with that bridge was that it bridges universes and timelines. That's why they didn't want to give it to Unicron, because he would have infinite worlds to eat and power himself. Yes. So, they came from, like, an alternate future... Where he's named after Optimus Prime. Which I think he's actually from. So the fan theory is always this. The Maximums are, Maximums are from an alternate future from the Bayverse. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. And Why do, What makes you say that? Well, the theory is this. That Scourge is actually Optimus from the Bayverse. That loses at the end of last night. So as we saw at the end of last night. Where's that this theory? Uni- That's a good one. <laughs> that Unicron... Is oh my remember at the end of last night that you Earth the Earth is Unicron and it was already being rebuilt, it was already happening. Yeah. So the th- rumor the theory is that Scourge is from that universe and he loses becomes um becomes Scourge. Uh, Optus becomes Scourge in that universe. Mm-hmm. And in turn he's hunting down all these other guys, the Maximals and all this, and um he finds the Maximals. Oh, yeah, the Maximals. The now. <laughs> yeah, the Maximals are yeah, their ancestors. That's why he's named after the legendary Octus Prime, because there is no more Octus Prime. Octus Prime yeah. died against Unicron. Yeah, the theory also points out that when he gets his mask knocked off, that's kind of like the a very similar face as to what he had in the Bayverse. Yes. And they're like, what if that's him? That's, mm, mm, that's canon now. <laughs> That is canon to me. <laughs> so that's, that's a, so cool. Plus, he's like a big stupid truck too. Right. When you look at his Transformers, say he's a truck. Yeah, he's a big truck, and that wouldn't even make sense. Like, why is he a truck? <laughs> right. And he goes, "Oh, and even if you look at all the the other one's like a bird." <laughs> right. And you see the idea that when he's like hunting down, when he fights Optimus, he goes, "Oh, finally a prime to kill." He's never killed a prime before because he was the last prime. Yeah. He also has a Autobot symbol on his arm, but when he takes the one from Bumblebee, he's like, time to add this one to my collection. Like, he doesn't have one already. Right. That's actually not Autobot. He kills, I think that's a kills command. the Maximal. I think that's the Commander <laughs> symbol. That's from the... I think that was an Easter egg from the... Um, from the oh, okay. One of the it animes. looked like a... Um, yeah. It looked like a um, Autobot symbol. Yeah, but the, it had, like, uh, extra stripes on it. That's all it was. I think oh, that's I didn't know that. I'm not that yeah. into. I'm not that into Transformers. <laughs> I'm that into Transformers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's Commander's symbol. Um, it's a it's a Maximal off. It's a, a, a an Autobot offshoot. Um, but yeah, that's the whole thing. It's it, that's what it is. Like him, like oh about Prime, and then even when uh, Unicron tells Scourge, like 
well, you better get out there or I won't save your world. Why would Scourge care about saving his world if he's not part of um, Prime going, yeah. well, I sacrificed myself to you so you would not destroy my planet, my entire world. It's funny to think that Optimus Prime... <laughs> Thank you, Lola. That Optimus Prime is connected to... Um... The, the one that turns evil is the one that's connected to um to to Shia LaBeouf. Well, yeah, and it would make hilarious. more sense. It makes Sam more sense. Wiki, you made me bad. <laughs> it's it's the the one that makes the most sense. Yeah, no, I'm down for that. That's actually a really good theory. I wish you came up with it. <laughs> I know that sounds like a me theory. That'd be nuts, dude. Because like so. I'll give you one of my theories that I haven't seen before. Um, and this isn't about Transformers per se. This is about the G.I. Joe universe that they could have started one movie earlier. Yeah. So in Bumblebee, they introduce a military force that's like not the government, but is the government that John Cena works for. And at the end of the movie, he's kind of like, I'm okay with Transformers. And I was, and I was thinking if they have an end credit scene at the end of Transform at the end of Bumblebee, where John Cena gets recruited by the um, uh, gets recruited by GI Joe, and he's like Sergeant Stone or or, or Flint or something. Like I, I don't know what his character's full name was in uh, yeah. Bumblebee, but like you could easily be like it's actually like Joe. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I so, think at the, at the time, uh, oh, his the... name is Agent Burns, dude. Agent Burns. You could easily make him like barbecue or some shit. I think the reason why they didn't do it back then, there I think there was more of like what they. But, they I don't think they. I don't think they knew what they were doing. Right, because they were also kind of making like when they first announced Bumblebee, it wasn't like a soft reboot. It was mostly a prequel movie, and yeah. then it later on became a soft reboot after the great reception to it. So, I think that <laughs> um, the original idea was to do uh, just like strictly Transformers, which is why. John Cena potentially wasn't G.I. Joe related. And in this one, they got the okay from Hasbro because Hasbro's been getting all their stuff back. Well, Hasbro, they've like, they their brand up again. They never lost the rights. No, but I, no, I don't mean they lost it like that. I mean, like, narratively, they're able, they're like collecting all their eggs and like rebooting again. Oh, yeah. In, in, in department. Like, like, they're trying to streamline their content again. That's after, what it is. For like the Transformers flops and the bad G.I. Joe movies. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so I'm thinking that, um, like if they do more of that, I think it would be a cool idea to bring back as Jack Burns. Yeah, okay, he could be barbecue. Um, <laughs> you could bring uh, John Cena back after whatever, because once Peacemaker is over, like we don't know where exactly where John Cena is going to be franchise wise, because he's it looks like he's already going to be leaving the Fast and the Furious franchise in this next in these last two films. So, like, where is he going to be? He could do more solo acting, sure, and he's great at it. But I think if you want to chuck him back into a franchise and give a leading man again, like you can still have Anthony Ramos there, but he's a rising star. He's going to be busy soon. Yeah. He's not Mark Wahlberg where he's like, you know, needs a resurgence or anything. Anthony Ramos is like going there. Exactly. Um, but John Cena is going to be running out of franchises soon unless he joins Marvel. So putting John Cena back in the G.I. Joe Transformers Hasbroverse would be kind of the best option if you're looking for star power. And then you can have all these other actors. Like, Anthony Ramos can still be there, for example. No, no. It's true. But, you know, we'll see where all this goes. The G.I. Joe thing apparently was um, was shot last minute. They, they uh, shot two scenes. 
they shot one with GI Joe permission and one without. So they, because they said that that was the last thing they shot like a few weeks before the movie like went into testing. Okay. And they said that they didn't even know if they could show the ending with GI Joe in the test screenings. They were nervous about it. And then, um, in the first two test screenings they did, it was the old one. It, it was just like some fancy government like thing that was supposed to tie into the Bayverse. It was whatever that government was in the Bayverse. Oh, I have no idea. And then, yeah, neither do I. It's something stupid. Um, but then they got permission to do GI Joe, and that's why it just seems so weird that it's like just Anthony Ramos and that one dude in that scene where it's just like, it just it just seems weird. Like, and it was so much later. And this whole thing, like it, it, it does. I mean, not to spoil this movie. I mean, with spoiler cards, so duh. Um, oh yeah, we're talking. About you know, I don't want to jump all the way to the end. I want to say like, oh, sector, it's called Sector Seven. It, yeah, it could have been just GI Joe. And that's what John. And that's what John Cena's from. So maybe Sector Seven turns into GI Joe. No, no. And Jack Burns is there. <laughs> oh, I'm percent. One percent. I, oh, dude, you don't understand how like. <sighs> so. With this movie, the best part of it, like, one, I love the, the soundtrack, or I said that before, but about this movie, like, it moves from start to finish. It does not stop. Like, it's, I mean, there are a little bit of slow scenes, but even those slow scenes, like, with Noah in the beginning, aren't that slow. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like... I think it's because he has more stuff to do. Like, in the Bumblebee movie, it was, like, very slow in the beginning where Haley Steinfeld was like, I need to drive a car. I like to build cars. My dad is dead. Yeah. Uh, teenage angst. Like, Anthony Ramos still has that teenage angst to him because he's supposed to be playing, like, a 20-something. And... And then Dominique Fishback is also, like, a young 20-something intern. Yeah. So, you know... But, but it just feels so quick, and they're also cutting back and forth between two different storylines as well. It's not one storyline that you're watching over the course of the first 30 minutes. The first 30 minutes are broken up by the opening, and then two different storylines that one is taking place as, like, this is your main human guy, and the other one is setting up the the Maximals. Like, one was setting up Autobots, the other one was setting up Maximals, and they kind of crossed in a good way. No, they did. It was awesome. Yeah. I was like, when are these guys going to, like, catch up with each other? <laughs> I kept thinking, like, how are they going to get these two, the main human characters, to interact? And then <laughs> Pete David and Mirage is like, we're going to have the humans steal it from Staten that Island. Was... I was like, what? Well, Staten Island. Ellis from Island. Island. I was like, what? Ellis Island. There you go. I was like, what? <laughs> that's how they're going to make the meat? Okay. Which was, like, it's not a cool. bad move. And then where he's like, Dude, it was funny. Like when they first show up, she screams security, and then they run back and forth for a while, and then the security guy shows up. Oh man! Yeah, and she even says like, "It took you long enough." Yeah, like that's funny. Like she's <laughs> and they're doing that fucking thing. It's so stupid. The movie's fun. I think like I even like. All right, yes. Is it kind of stretched out about the idea like? No one has seen these giant robots, and they're locked away in Peru. Oh, dude, it was it was hilarious when all the robots were like running around in like the city. Oh yeah, it's like, well, you're telling me in in New York, nobody is seeing th- this giant robot in an alleyway. <laughs> People are yelling, and he's literally standing on a car, and he breaks it. That's not that's not quiet. No, <laughs> like nobody else see these giant robots, and then they go to Ellis Island, and yes, it's at night, and no one's there. Yes, so you're telling me, you're telling me, nobody 
it, nobody's seeing this ex- these explosions. No, it's you have to remember it's 1994, so them getting there, like the cops getting there at that scene at the time in the movie, You're is right. Like it took a while. No, no, I'm not saying that the, the delay is bad. I'm saying like it's crazy how the trans how giant robots weren't being seen shooting giant lasers on an island in the middle of the world. They're not that big. The city in to the, be honest, they're the really the they're really they're not, not that. Huge. They're not huge. They're not like. Like, you can't see them from your house. So Ellis Island is very secluded. You know, so you can't see it from your apartment building type of thing. I mean, true. They're not using they're, the they're Yeah, not fucking giant. they're not. But there's still, like, but there are scenes in, like, when they go to, like, South America or, or wherever they go. And, like, they're, like, running around. <laughs> And I'm like, you're telling me nobody sees nobody sees Bumblebee. I'm not sorry, Bumblebee. Uh, RC. Like nobody sees RC on the roof. <laughs> like, okay. There's a scene where Scourge is running on the roof. Oh yeah. Like they're running. <laughs> you're telling me nobody sees this. And then like you get to the, and then like, um, Primal shows up with with that little village. And he's like, these people know we're giant robots. And I was like, yeah. This one village knows the giant robots. I'm like, you just ran around in, in, in like a city. Yeah, everybody knows there's giant robots. Like you're in Peru. All those people know what's up right now. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't quiet. You guys know that. Yo, right? this scene with um, but yeah, but back to the fire on Ellis Island. Like they're not as tall as the Empire State Building, for example. <laughs> no, no. I, I guess I am exaggerating their size, but it's still nuts. Oh yeah, it's just cool. The giant robots. Um. Mm. You know, it, that was all what it was. Like, certain scenes, I'm like, all right, cool. You stayed hidden for a while. Um, I do like the Energon thing where they're like, well, we, you know, with Bumblebee being out of commission, they're like, oh, well, we have to refine it, but we can't refine it, so good luck. He's going to die. Oh, dude, they, they kill Bumblebee in every single, tra- almost every single Transformers movie. When Bumblebee got killed, Courtney turns over to me and she goes, they always kill Bumblebee. And I'm like... Yeah, because he's the most popular yeah. in the movies. And then, dude, they place him on this like, like they go to this, this like rock they go to rock couch. Yeah, and they're like, um, we need to bury him as a true transformer. So we're gonna put him on this energon reserve. And then one of them goes, oh, can we use that energy to revive his spark? And then they go, no, it's too dormant and not enough. We would need a huge burst of energy to revive him. But let's leave him on the rock. And I'm like, he's coming back. <laughs> yeah. It, it, like, that, that, I thought it would have been like, if they wanted to make it like canon to the other movies, they would have had Bumblebee like die and then they would have like transformed him into a car and put him somewhere and then the junkyard would have taken him to Sam Witwicky or whatever. Yeah. Like if, if they wanted to tie it in, like that's where they could have done it. But I think the idea of them just dragging his body around. Well, they said the, and then putting it on a rock. Well, they were like, we need to find Energon. <laughs> then they find the Energon from the Maximals, and the Maximals it's are like, uh, it won't cure him because it's not on. And I'm like, what? Yeah, they're like, we need a massive pulse of energy. And I'm like, you're telling me Unicron is the bad guy? And he needs a giant pulse of energy to bring back Bumblebee. Dude, I thought it was – when he shows back up at the end, do a little jump. When he, when he comes back up at the end and he's like – and he's like diving in and like fighting oh the same guys that killed him. He – like he, he he tears it up. But then like he starts fighting Scourge and uh, or like the other guys. And I'm like, if he dies again, I'm going to laugh my fucking ass off. <laughs> 
he shows up just to die again. Yeah, was <laughs> like we gotta get him the Sam Witwicky. <laughs> He's gotta die. No, but it was cool when he came back. But yeah, so they're fighting on Ellis Island, and the bad guys show up after Dominic Fishback finds an ancient relic that holds a piece of the bridge that can bring Unicron here. Sure. And then the bad guys get it, and Pete Davidson's like, ah, shit, we shouldn't have trusted humans, but he's my guy. Well, yes. So, And then they say that to stop the end of the world, they have to go find the other key, and that's where Pete Davidson meets Chris, uh, or Tails, and then Mirage gets to be called Knuckles, which I think is cool. Yeah. And um, ah, the nineties. Oh man, it's it's a good scene. It it's is a good scene where he's like, "You take care of my brother," and I'll, he's like, "I will." <laughs> I'm a giant robot. <laughs> Very cool. It was a good movie. Yeah, man. Uh, so a- so after Bumblebee dies, we're and they they find out they have to go to Peru. We're introduced to Stratosphere, which is just. A big giant World War Two freighter, yeah, or or some war, and it's like, so I don't understand how transformers work, right? Do not. So, so no, no, no. So Mirage, for example, Mirage is like a uh, he's like a Porsche, right? Yeah. And he's like a he's like a good colored, fancy looking Porsche. Yeah. And then we meet Stratosphere, and he's like a rickety plane. Yeah. Why is he rickety? He's a future bot. He's a future robot sentient thing. They like, do that all the time. Is it because he's dinged up from the war? So, or is it just for comedic effect? They it's for comedic effect. They've and they've also done it in other in other Transformers Jet, stuff in, in Transformers Revenge of the Fall and Jetfire is like a, a World War II stealth bomber yeah. or something. And he's like, I'm super old, and he's got like a cane. They've done it in even in the animated series of Transformers, like age but like that's what it's supposed to be like you age so like you're not why is he like a rickety plane like wouldn't he just be a rickety robot no he would be rickety whatever his his alt mode is also Mm. so like let's say he transforms to like a van the van would just like look rickety type of thing Mm. well he's only in a few scenes like he doesn't go in any of the fights he shows up to drive them and then he hides and he's also a giant plane yeah he's a big he's a car ship He's a big boy. Yeah. yeah, he's a big boy. He ha- he fits the Transformers inside of him. Yes. <laughs> like, he's big. <laughs> he's a big nah, one. he is. And I think it would have been cool if they um, called him Metroplex. No, Metroplex is a city. That, that's too much of a swerve. Is he a city? Who's the big one from the Fall of Cybertron games? The big city? The Titan? No, he's not a city. He's just He's just big. Is it Metro? Metroplex is the city. While you look that up, I will continue. It is Metroplex, you know, Metroplex. Yeah, Metroplex is a city. He's a titan. Well, yeah, why not use like he's big? No, that's not because he's big. It's 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 like name it's like renaming Bumblebee to like whatever. Like Wheeljack. You know, that's not that's not Wheeljack, that's clearly Bumblebee. You know, you you know. That's... They've done that a million times in the Transformers. Don't they have it? Movies though, in the movies, yes, they, they have. have. Everyone looks exactly like they looks like their counterparts. It's not it's not good. A wheeljack? Yeah, I mean, they all look like their their counterparts. They may not they are modernized from their G one counterparts, but they're not actually like not different characters. Like Bumblebee went from a Volkswagen Beetle to to his uh, I forgot what car he is now. Um, 
but that's because Volkswagen Beetles aren't cool anymore. That's when when he first was made as a Volkswagen Beetle, it made sense. They were cool. Um, they're not cool now. <laughs> you know, so it's part of that. Like Wheeljack didn't look like that originally, but like it's close enough to his actual design. That's why they. Oh, that's Wheeljack. Yeah, that makes sense with Wheeljack. It's not like Scourge. Scourge is the only one where they change for the movie because he is depending. On, so in the Transformers movie, the, the animated one, Scourge is one of you and Kron's heralds, just like in this movie. But his design is like a blue guy. Yeah. He's like a purple blue guy. Yeah, he, him and Galvatron are, this, uh, are, the, are the heralds. The problem is Scourge. They made him look more like Tyrion Lannister. Well, the Scourge <laughs> part. Uh, in um, Transformers Armada, Scourge is, instead of, instead of being Nemesis Prime, it's Scourge. They just changed the name of Optimus, Evil Optimus to Scourge. That's what they use for this one. That's another nod to it being Optimus yeah, from it says, in the, it says in the trivia section, his design differs from his G1 counterpart, but is similar to the 2001 Robots in Disguise. Animal. Yes. Yeah. Oh my. Which is, again, that's another nod to it just starts being the, evil Optimus. Yeah, the 2001 Robots in Disguise anime is the one that goes, Transformers! They all do that. I think that's the one. <laughs> no. They all that's that's the theme song for every Transformers property. It's just they just change it upbeat or like a little bit different. They make it stinky. What is Scourge? Look? Oh yeah, he, yo, do oh dude, in the anime Scourge looks like Optimus Prime but painted yeah. black. That just adds. He's to evil the Optimus. That just adds. He's an Optimus that was the theory, He's an Optimus that was created by Unicron. Oh dude. <sighs> Yep, there it is, right there. Oh man, dude, if they, oh, it sucks that they threw him in the lava. But imagine if they confirmed that. Oh my, it's goodness. possible. Yeah, I mean, Mirage in one of the other Transformers movies is completely different. He shows up in Darker the Moon, yeah. and he's he's that one that I think that they that he's made of Transformium. I think. Yes, which, no, the one that they uh that they they built. That's Galvatron. Yeah. No, that's Galvatron. No, he's the red one that's in the um Oh no, he's a good yeah. guy. Mirage joined. Okay. I thought there was a bad guy red one. That was like the red bumblebee in that no. movie made with Transformers. That is actually I forgot his name, but there is actually a counterpart in the comics to that. Like it's alternate bumble it's the evil bumblebee. Uh is a hornet? Is that who he is? It's like not it. Cliff Jumper. Cliff Jumper's a good boy. Yeah. I'm not sure. But anyway. No, like I said, like the after that, the, once they're in, like once the two of them meet, the two human protagonists meet up, the movie flies. Oh yeah, because they're, they're just like, let's get to the place we have to go. I do <laughs> like that we got like the the armor, the human armor thing. Mm -hmm. Um, that because that's a nod back to G one, mm -hmm. where the one the I forgot which the 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 human the human the human wiki the it's not. I forgot his actual character's name, but it's Witwicky from the general the G one cartoon. He has a body a power armor too. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Which is awesome. Um The only thing I didn't like is that Mirage can transform whatever he wants to other vehicles. Oh yeah, well, I mean in this one it was just a car. I mean they're all just cars. <laughs> 
But like, I mean, um, the the evil bird was um, a bird and also a, a helicopter. Yeah, I mean, and a car. No, I mean, it was, that was kind of cool. It was the um, the fact that Mirage, the fact that Mirage, when he's like, oh, you, I can be a Porsche, I can be a Lamborghini, I can be a Ferrari, when he was just showing off like to no. Oh yeah, yeah, I totally forgot he did that. Yeah, because they don't bring it up again. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, which yeah, a part of it might don't be, bring it up again. I forgot. A part of it might be for the fact that he is named Mirage. Mm. Well, yeah, that's the idea. You know, so he could be anything. Mm-hmm. You know. So I, that was fine. Like that was cool. But like again, that that entire final battle was just a CGI monster fest, and I loved it. Oh yeah, but it, it was in like so. A lot of people were complaining in the original movies that there was either too much humans or not, an, or too much robots. Bumblebee kind of had a good mix, but that's because it was just one robot, you know, versus a few bad yeah. guys. But this movie had like a very good mix of like I feel like I feel like there was more robot stuff, but not in a stupid way. All right, yeah, it worked. Like, I feel like we had enough of the human characters, especially at the beginning, that set us up for where they don't need to be everywhere at the end. Yeah, it was... Like, in the end, like, Dominique Fishback is, like, just climbing underneath, like, over lava, and Anthony Ramos is covered in a Transformers suit, so he looks like a robot yeah. guy. So it's mostly just a bunch of robot guys punching and shooting it's each other. And then so CGI. <laughs> but, it, but it works, too. Like, Anthony Ramos look like, it's CGI, but he looks like he's in the suit. Yeah, no, it does. Like the CG in the Transformers movies are always top tier. They did well. Like, you never get a you never get an ugly Transformers movie. No, you do the base stuff when it's like they're just gray blocks. No, no, but the base stuff may have ugly designs, but the CGI is really. Oh yeah, ugly. yeah, like like you like I said, you may get ugly designs like in the face where there's too much just like moving parts. Yeah, but like the the CGI of it, it looks like they're real robots. Oh yeah. Like, that's really cool. That's what the Transformers movies have always gotten right. It may not be the look of them design-wise, but the look of them uh, VFX-wise is amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this one continues the trend. So even with Anthony Ramos being in a stupid, like, t- armor suit, it looks like he's in a suit as opposed to, like, ugly CGI, like the Flash. Well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, ugly CGI. Yeah, that's that's ugly CGI. Um, yeah, this one had budget. Yeah, <laughs> you see, you see where they spent money. Yeah, you know. There, so they get back to uh, Peru. They go into Unger. Uh, they they solve Transformers puzzles in like in like the Vatican. Oh, yeah, it was like, it was like the, it was the Vinci for like two seconds. Yeah, it was hilarious. Like they're like, if we turn these puzzle pieces, I'm like, you're telling me. I I know it's like it was either like a church or something. Like you're telling me, no kids snuck off in the middle of the day and started playing with the floor. No. I was a kid. I dude, I was a adventuring child Nobody back in the in day. That, like I'd be messing with these if they moved, I'd be messing with these puzzles on the floor. I, like you're telling me nobody messed with the puzzles on the floor. No, I do think one of my favorite parts is that after all that was said and done, that they they did the the puzzle and they still the piece wasn't there. Yo, that was really cool too, because like they had that build up to where like, oh shit, we're about to get it. And then they get it up and it's another one of those like it's another one of the passwords. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, it got moved. Like, that's crazy. And then they, they leave, and then Optimus Primal shows up, and he's like, we need to get to the, the village. <laughs> we got the piece. 
<laughs> so they, they take him to the village. Like, it's crazy how, like, and also um, after, so on the plane, Dominique Fishback's character tells Anthony Ramos, like, hey, like, we get that, like, you and Optimus Prime, like, aren't buddies, but he's just trying, he's doing what you're doing. He's trying to protect well, his okay. family, and you got to, like, ease up on him. And he's like, yeah, no, maybe you're right. And then he has, like, that heart-to-heart with Optimus. And then, like, right after that conversation, he goes, yo, we got to destroy this key. <laughs> he's like, he's like, because if we don't get it, we're done. then the whole world goes. And even though Optimus is my boy now, we're not doing it. Like, And then there's that moment where he, he's about to shoot it. And Prime is like, Noah, please. Me familia. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes fine i won't blow it up and then it gets stolen and i'm like if i was noah in that moment i'd be like you motherfucker, like, oh, yeah, should have blown it up. up like if i blew it up the bad guy wouldn't have okay. got it like that's crazy like oh, i'm about to go into a fit oh jesus that's fine well you cough i'll talk <laughs> talking too fast <laughs> no but it's crazy that, like, literally the, the second he chooses not to blow it up, it gets... Is this a, is this a better Fast and the Furious movie? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> this movie felt like a Fast and the Furious movie. I'll, for those of you who don't know, I'm watching all the Fast and the Furious movies now, and I'm texting John and James about it. And while James hasn't seen most of them, John has seen, seen all. all of them. Really? Twice. Oh, you haven't seen the new one. I haven't seen the new one. I've seen every single Fast and Furious movie. Okay, so you're not lost no. while I'm texting, like, cause I'm like, I'm essentially live tweeting, but I'm mostly just texting you guys, <laughs> and dude, it gets super complicated. Nice. And these Transformers movies feel just as crazy. It feels that weird and over the top. I'm like, remember when this was about uh, just an alien conflict? Now it's just like trying to grab puzzle pieces from space. Yeah, like, like it's literally like an Indiana Jones movie with giant robots. Yeah. Like, th- there's a scene like when they're walking in the tunnels, and I'm like, a boulder's gonna get. Oh it. my god! <laughs> if that happened, I'm like, yeah, I'm all about this. <laughs> like, like, like when, when they push the thing open and they realized it wasn't there, I wish that it like sunk into the ground after they wrote it down, and then like a boulder came after them, but it was like a robot boulder, like a trap that they oh, set like from back in the day. Or, or maybe it was, or maybe it was like Cheetor, like uh, guarding it or something. Rat trap. Or Rhinox or, or a rat oh a rat trap would have been cool because he's not in this yeah. movie. That would have been a nuts little Easter egg if like a little like rat like robot like chased after them and then like powered down or something. I don't know. Like, I don't know that would have been kind of cool. Add to the Indiana Jones effect. But um dude so, so it gets stolen because Air Razor gets corroded by Scourge. That was and that then, was violent and sad. Oh, yeah, it was nuts. It was like zombie nuts. And then they put her out of her misery. I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, so after she gets corrupted and the key gets stolen, they kill her. <laughs> they murk Air Razor. So like, we're, and he then, shot her out of the sky. <laughs> yeah, he shot her out of the sky with the poison. The poison. Who's his poison? With his, with his Peter Dinklage touch. And um, so, so then Optimus Primal murks her so um, she doesn't suffer any longer and become evil. Because they have a, they have a code. Yeah. So then it's just Rhinox and Cheetor and then Primal, and you don't see them transform into their robot forms until the end. Which is fine. <laughs> it was so cool and they looked Which accurate. Is, yeah, and yeah, when they transform and everything, I was like, they probably didn't want to hold this forever because while they look accurate, they don't look as natural as the other guys. Yeah. Would have been very, especially because like Optimus Primal's like hairy. <laughs> Dude, when he was like. Cheetor, Rhinox, Maximize, like, let's go. I could not be happy. Maximize. <laughs> that was nuts, dude. And they're big boys, too. Like, the Maximals are bigger than the Transformers by, like, a, a large margin. Oh, yeah. 
They are big. Yeah, no. So seeing, yeah, so seeing the boys um, maximize was cool. So yeah, so so after Air Razor dies, they like bury her. Or you know what they should have done? Put her on a, a piece of energy. <laughs> they should have put her on an energon cube like Bumblebee. So they bury her in the woods or something, or she disappears or she dies. The, the, and the energon couch that Bumblebee's on. Yeah. Yeah, put put her on the Energon like recliner or yeah. whatever. Yeah, Energon pull out that they have. <laughs> and then or just stack her on top of Bumblebee or something. And then um and then Scourge brings the key to Unicron in these weird like eternal style like you're being summoned to Unicron. <laughs> like there when he has the when he gets the second key, he's like just like oh, this is crazy. Anyway, he's just like standing there and he gets like absorbed. <laughs> I can only imagine the other two are just watching this, going, "We don't see anything, right?" Like, no. And, and he's getting like choked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like harder, daddy. He's like, wait, um, are we? I'm like, oh my goodness, give in to his dark energies. <laughs> like, what's happening here? <laughs> Yeah, it was cool that Scourge was yelling at Optimus Prime to f- give in to the dark side like he did. Yes! Because <laughs> he's Optimus Prime. Ah. It would have been cool if he was Optimus Prime was interacting with two alternate versions of like himself. That'd be cool. Scourge? Because the other one being Prime. Yes. And that's the... Guess what? His oh, past... His, it's so cool. His, their past and future. Yeah, man. Um, Scourge also. This movie's actually dope. Is, uh, <laughs> Scourge is the past, the Bayverse, and Optimus Primal is the future. <laughs> yes. And um, Scourge's uh, design actually comes from uh, a mix of, of concept art and prototype design from Optimus Prime and Primal combined. Oh, oh my goodness gracious. They're not even hiding it. No. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That makes me like this movie even more, honestly. Oh, yeah. Because introducing Unicron in the multiverses, which means you could get, like, more Sam Witwicky, like, talk. Yeah. And, like, relevance to this, like, oh, on my planet. Too bad Scourge got freaking got. But who's to say that Unicron didn't store his, like, his dark spark or so? Because he said he sold his soul to Unicron. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if... Uh, they bring him back, and he's like even more badass. We him and Galvatron. Oh my goodness gracious! This is supposed to be the start of a new trilogy. Not counting Bumblebee. Uh, calling it Rise of the Beasts doesn't seem like the start of a new trilogy. I wish they just called it Transformers. But I understand, like, I mean, honestly, they should have called it Transformers Beast Wars straight up. Yeah, just no. calling it Rise of the Beasts indicates that the beasts have to rise to something. But when we open the movie, they're like the top tier. Like, they're like the guys. Yeah. And the rising mostly comes from <laughs> the the young Transformers, Mirage, the human characters who need to rise and become, like, the best versions of themselves. Yeah. And then G.I. Joe. And then G.I. Joe. <laughs> and then G.I. Joe is the rise of that. So... Yeah, dude, doing a Transformers trilogy and having a G.I. Joe thing in the background, you can even tie it to Snake Eyes if you really want to. Like, this is some good stuff. Yeah, it is. So, yeah. So, um, they they bury Air Razor and they go to the big final fight after Unicron, like, starts setting up shop in a big volcano. And dark clouds go over the sky. We see all the side characters again. And then, ex- except for the, uh, the, the scientist lady, which I thought would be funny if we did see her, but we didn't. Um, she... Uh, uh, everybody starts going crazy, and then um, all the bad guys show up. 
because they devised a plan to go um to go like use the password that Dominique Fishback was writing down in the entire movie yeah. to go shut down the the world ending device. So then they send in the two human characters, and then the Transformers go as a distraction, and then Bumblebee shows up at the end and and wrecks house uh, all day. And then Mirage dies. Yes. <laughs> Mirage dies. And then Anthony Ramos wears him. <laughs> like his skin. <laughs> he, he wears him. And then... Oh, they make a good dick joke and a good inside me joke. Very good. This movie's fun. Yeah, it is. And, and they get... I feel like they let Pete Davidson riff. Because he's like, yeah, you know, he's my boy. Like, I feel like they just let him go. And... um. So there's actually like a good touching moment between the two of them. Yes. And um and that's where you hear him call him Knuckles, like it's very cool. And then we get another brother moment and then Anthony Ramos wears Pete Davidson and then they just <laughs> they do some cool fighting. And then the, the most fast and the furious moment if we're going to tie it back to that <laughs> is when Optimus Prime goes, "I'm going to sacrifice myself. The sacrifice plays the best play." And everyone else leaves. And you see Anthony Ramos like drive away on one of the fast cars. I think it's Bumblebee. It's Bumblebee, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like he just grabs Optimus Prime's axe and he's like, family. Dude. And then he just like starts walking. I'm like, you're car- while yes, he is wearing a Transformer. Like he's technically wearing a Transformer. So he would for sure have the strength of it. But like he's Optimus Prime, <laughs> the big one. Yeah, this is getting pulled in by this vortex of death. 14 foot tall, like, He can't even, like, he has to use his, like, super cool axe to hold himself in place, and he's still getting... But then Anthony Ramos, like, (laughs) can't be more than, like, 5'10", at least. In Pete Davidson armor, is chasing... Oh, he's 5'9". I see, I told you, not more than 5'10". He's 5'9", and he's pulling Optimus Prime. He's like holding him in place against and, the sucking vortex of, like, an implosion. And then he, and then he starts pulling. He manages to start pulling, and then he... Uh, and then eventually it catches up with him. Yeah. But, but who shows up? Primal shows up? Primal like, shows up. Flex? He's like, to all one. Yeah. Yeah, to all or one. And then they just go... And they pull him all back, yeah. and they get away. Like, and by the way, I, I like the fact, it. like, I'm like, dude, you weren't the one doing all the pulling. It really is Primal doing all the pulling here. <laughs> yeah, like, like, we see Noah, like, struggling. He's like, oh, and Primal's just like, like, one pinky. Like, come on. This is nonsense. Like, it's nuts that Anthony Ramos was, like, even still trying yeah. once Primal showed up. I mean, he's got the jet boots, but, you know, come on. God, dude, this movie's <laughs> great. Oh, this movie is really, really good. Really and then the, the day is saved, but Anthony Ramos is, is like still down on his luck because he did um, work that was like pro bono for, for the sake of the universe. Dominique Fishback becomes like scientist people of the year, yeah. like discovering an ancient civilization. And Anthony Ramos is like, I'm going to go apply to a security job. I'm happy for my friends and my life experience, but man, I have no money still. And then he shows up to the security place, which is like Sliciano Pizza or something. Yeah, it's imp- Sliciano's like imports. Yeah, and and he sits down, and then um, what's his face? You said the actor's name before. He shows up. Yeah, and and he's talking to this guy, and he's like doing interviews. He goes like, "So where were you in uh, South America?" He's like, "I didn't tell you I was in South in Peru." America. He's like, "How about Peru?" And he's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And then he's like, I secretly work for the government. We're going to help your, uh, your your brother. All of his sickle cell is going away. Like, we're going we're gonna to get rid of it. <laughs> the best doctors. 
And then he hands him a business card and he goes, you know, call me if you're in. And then he pushes something on, on the wall and it becomes like a military base. Yeah. And it, and then he gets on the thing and goes, I'll speak with you on Monday or something. And then he it goes down and then he flips over the card. And what does it say, James? G.I. Joe. It should have it said, and if you, look, if you look at the, the, when he, the thing he pressed on the wall, it's, uh, when he pressed on the wall is the thing that says a real American hero. Yeah, it's his little. It's his little like metal. Yeah, thing. but it's the tagline for GI Joe. GI Joe's tagline is the yeah, American no. hero, which I thought was cool. Yeah, it's just so cool, dude. I was sitting in the theater and I was like, because I kind of knew there was a GI Joe Easter egg. Like, my dad was teasing something huge was at the end. Like, he didn't want to spoil it for me, but he's like, the ending is crazy, yeah. and I'm like, okay. And then I like kind of heard like from the grapevine that there was like a GI Joe Easter egg, but I thought it was more of an Easter egg as opposed to like the ending. So I was like, oh, man, something's coming up. But, dude, Im- hear me out. Imagine if he flipped over the card and it said Cobra. That's what I was looking for. I was, I was, how how nuts would that have been? Cool I would have seen like, the Cobra logo in the back. The yeah, like he flips the thing over and it's just the Cobra snake. And he's like, Cobra. Because Cobra, on, on the surface, yes, Cobra's the bad guys. Yeah. But in the 90s? You could phrase it as like they're just they're they're this like blacklist like government like secret like startup that they're working on yeah like like in Fast and the Furious Mister Nobody Kurt Russell's character he works for like the government in quotes and it's basically like the Illuminati yeah. I guess so that's Fast and Furious that makes sense yeah sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and. <clears throat> And, um, like, imagine if Cobra was pitched as, like, more of a Black Ops thing that got turned evil by Cobra Commander and, like, Destro. So you could have had, like, that that dude could have been, like, Dr. Mindbender, I think his name is. Right. And then – or it could be, like, Zartan. Could be anything. <laughs> and then – I mean, he's, he's a different sect of G.I. Joe bad guy, but still. He's in there sometimes. He's Cobra-ish. But you, or you could have had like Baroness show up from uh, Jodie Comer, show up from the other from the Snake Eyes movie. But um, but imagine if the card said Cobra on it, dude. Been dope. Because then you could have thrown because instead of tying Anthony Ramos down to Transformers or you know, just Transformers in general, you could put him in GI. You could put him in Cobra, and that also insinuates that Cobra, because the the dude during the interview mentions his big like. We're, we're looking to work with you and your friends, if you know what I mean, like Transformers. We know in the comic books that Cobra first approaches the Transformers. Oh, yeah. So it would be crazy if that was Cobra and they were trying to get Ramos in, Noah Diaz, because he had the connections with the Transformers, but then the Transformers like see that, oh, man, these are the bad guys. And Noah goes, oh, shit, you're right. And then Megatron shows up and they team up with him. That'd be cool. But... That's neither here nor there. Oh, yeah. He's G.I. Joe, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I think it would have been cool, like, storyline-wise to have Noah be like, you know, I thought these were the good guys. You know, they're taking care of my brother. I can't just, like, leave or they won't take care of him anymore. And then they could do the whole thing where it's like, yeah, well, if, if you join up with us, we'll give your brother all the health care he needs. But you're a G.I. Joe now. <laughs> Not so good. Because that, that, that Cobra book that came out, I want to say, in 2019 before the Pandy, um, it was like 10 issues. It was the IDW book just called Cobra. Yeah. They could have, like, adapted that story a little bit. 
I know. Because that was like an inside man kind of book. At least from what I remember, like a hacker guy. Yeah, it's just like they did with the uh, recent Star Wars Empire stories, like a guy that worked for the Empire. Yeah. You know, it's one of those like, oh, well, we're, we're focusing on someone that's not a main character to tell a story of how these characters work and operate. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was good, though. It was good. Before we ramble on to another two-hour episode, uh, what are you giving out of five? Oh, man. Uh, I gave it a four out of five on Letterboxd. And maybe with these theories, with the Scourge and the Bayverse, maybe like a maybe like a four and a half now. You're moving up? Nice. I think I'm moving it up. We'll see. But uh, this movie's great. It's, it was better than I thought it was going to be, with or without the G.I. Joe and the crazy conspiracy theories. Yeah. Like, was better like when i first saw the trailer i was like okay this is just going to be another run-of-the-mill transformers movie like the style and flair that travis knight brought to bumblebee like it doesn't it's not going to be there it's still going to be very good looking though because always the movies look good yeah but i'm like this movie's just going to be transformers like it's just going to be a a blockbuster movie that i'm going to go see but when i got there and the movie just starts and it doesn't stop it like the pacing is really good and they introduce all the characters very um organically yeah and just when you hear everybody like talking to me i didn't even know that was liza koshi yeah. not that i don't like her i just think like she's a little overrated That's right. but like she did great i couldn't even tell like if you keep the same voice cast going like i'm also fine with that like it just it felt like a good movie we haven't had a good transformers movie and i say that since bumblebee but like if you're gonna count transformers without bumblebee we haven't had a good transformers movie since 2007 <laughs> and even then it's questionable i mean yeah so you know i mean age of extinction you could argue is fine but you know i wouldn't <laughs> not at all uh, i just no. like mark Wahlberg. <laughs> come on man it's marky monk marky mark Exactly. They make a Marky Mark joke, and I was like, shut up. <laughs> like, I heard Marky Mark just left the Funky Bunch. That was wild. I was like, you cannot reference Mark Wahlberg, who's in your other movies. <laughs> yes, you can. I mean, hey, if it's an alternate universe, you know, where Cade Yeager <laughs> isn't there, then sure. <laughs> nah, that's good, though. Uh, so James, what are you giving that? I'm giving it uh, out of. Uh, I always do everything out of five, so I'm gonna probably give this one a four out of five. Yeah, man, it's very good. Did you have any like things you did like? That I didn't like. I feel like we only talked about like the good. Like I feel like we didn't talk about anything bad. Yeah, there's like, nothing I didn't we're like. Still, like we're not giving it a five, but well, like, I, I don't. You know, I just think this could have been. Better. I don't believe any movie really <laughs> is a five, like except for it's across across no, like, into I, the Spider Verse stuff. Like and, and Kung Fu Panda, you know. But <laughs> I, even then, I still have my knocks on it. This is only reason why this isn't in a five. I think the only my only issue I have with it is that we jumped into a big story using Unicron already. It's very much like yeah, that was kind of like a big jump. That's but what if they're it is. building to something that I think it might work better. Like Unicron now knows of Earth, right? And he knows that you know people that stopped him are there, so he's gonna try to find. Earth. Right. So the next movie or two is going to be them building to stop a Unicron, and with the GI Joe's help, that's what it might be. It's the it's the it's not it's what I feel about when Marvel does it with some of the bigger characters, like getting rid of Red Skull early in in the Captain America franchise. I think it's stupid. It's very much like this. Sucks. Right, he came back in Infinity War, but right, like this how that's my only nitpick about this movie. That's why it's not a five. Like. 
You could have done it and done the unicorn as the nod at the end and had to have Scourge here as kind of like a, the Herald yeah, of Unicron yeah. and him losing. Scourge is communicating with somebody that you never see until the last communication where he's like, because you could have kept Scourge alive at the end of this one too, just to, to tease more, you know, Unicron stuff. But Unicron doesn't have any more minions now besides potentially Galvatron, another Scourge, or Mega Thundercracker. You think Thundercracker? We haven't even seen Starscream. I mean, technically, we did see Starscream if it's from Bumblebee, but Starscream died. Yeah, did. Yeah, so, I mean, but Starscream can come back. Or it's the alternate universe version of Starscream that they turned into Thundercracker. Yeah. Thundercrack or whatever. Or the, the black and white one. What's his name? Uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember. Well, but that one's kind of a, that one's kind of good, though. He works with um the G.I. Joe on, like, the team. Yeah. Stop doing that. Um, what is Black Star Scream called? Black Star Skyward. Oh, Black Star Scream. <laughs> Technically, it's Purple Star Scream. <laughs> I went down Black Star Scream, so I guess I'm the bad guy here. Hashtag cancel Hunter. Uh, Skywarp. They could do Skywarp, but I think Thundercrack might be better. It sounds more menacing than Skywarp. Yeah. Thundercrack. But Scourge also sounds menacing, so. They could do Sideways. Sideways is a good guy. No, he's not. Sideways is both. He's a he's a Decepticon and an Autobot that works for Unicron. Yo, what? Yeah, he can switch sides. Oh, I'm thinking of side. I'm thinking of side. Oh yeah, no. Sideways is a uh, Herald of Unicron. Yeah, I'm thinking of I Swipe, who's the good guy. Um. Oh yeah, side Sideways was in um. Almada. He. John. Yeah, he also he had the Studio series too. He was in one of the first Transformers. Movies. Yes. But he was like just some throwaway nonsense. He was in Revenge of the Fallen. He probably got cut in half. Yeah. Like, those movies just chop these Transformers into oh, pieces. Yeah. But yeah, Sideways could be the next, um, could be the next bad guy. That could be kind of cool. Because yeah. you can have him show up as a good guy at first and trick the bad guys, uh, trick the good guys into giving them wh whatever artifact because they trust yeah. him. And then he turns into a Decepticon, goes back to Megatron and Unicron. Yeah. That'd be kind of tight. See, we're writing ourselves. Guys. Hasbro, E1, we are here and we are cheap. We're not, um, what's the term? We're not scalpers no. during the writer's strike. We won't write till it's over, but. It's not scalpers. No, not scalpers. They're scabs. Scabbing, the scabs, the scabs. That's what it is. We're not scabs, but I do, I am available for this Transformers movie. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, I would love to write a Transformers movie. That'd be fucking crazy. That's my new goal. You write Transformers. <laughs> write Transformers. <laughs> new goal write Transformers. Add to the list. <laughs> I'm gonna write Transformers three. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, Alright guys, let's jump into all of the universe. Let's jump into our books for the week. Yeah, let's get We have victory from uh from Dynamite Comics spinning out of the various Vampirella series. Victory is also known as the Black Vampirella, the Black uh, Draculina. She is now on her own, taking a new name uh, as Victory uh, to separate herself from her sister Vampirella and her mother. Um, she is being hunted by demons who want her soul because she's a because her father is like this demon prince, um, and it's just kind of like almost sixties exploitative like blasphemation like vibes to the book, um, but it's really cool. It's really cool. You have Incredible Hulk from Marvel Comics. Um, it's this is like a spiritual successor to the 
uh, Immortal Hulk by Al Ewing. Um, so much so they, they reference it almost every other page. Uh, oh, good. They're basically cutting out the other they one. They pretty much Sorry, did. Um, they reference the last series like real quick and going, well, the the fight between Banner and Bruce is that uh, the Banner and Hulk is that Hulk wants to body full time because of what Banner did to him in the last run. Yeah, trapped him in yeah. fucking hell, essentially. And why all the monsters are coming, why it's called the Age of Monsters story, is because now that he closed the, the green door, there are no... There's no one else to stop the rise of the, of the monsters. That was what was keeping them in check, that this green door was open. They had this fear of it. Um, mm. Now that the green door is closed, there is going to be a rise of monsters then. Ooh, I'm interested in this book. I'm, I, I'm usually not a Hulk reader. I think I can count on my fucking... On maybe my two hands. You know, m- maybe, you know... 11 stories oh like i've maybe read 11 hulk stories not even like like, full, like i'm talking about like arcs not like stories not like 30 page world war hulk i mean i've read like totally awesome hulk <laughs> i've read indestructible hulk and savage hulk like that's how much hulk i've read did you not read uh, immortal <laughs> no you should read immortal i never got around to it but i think um if this one's so heavily referential, I think I'm going to start from Immortal Hulk and then or wait for the Omnibus to come out with all the issues and then jump or two Omnis, I guess, because it's like 50 something and then pick up the Donny Cates run real quick and then hop into this. Okay. Because I, I like knowing all this stuff. And if I could pick a modern era to start with, I'd probably I'd rather not start with Indestructible Hulk. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've read a few issues of that. It's yeah. fine. But Hulk for a while had terrible comic books when they relaunched. They just couldn't. Nail I know. It. I know. And then Al Ewing was like the because like besides them killing off the Hulk for a few years and putting him into Amadeus Cho, like were totally awesome. They had like no Hulk stories for like a minute. They didn't. No. And then he came back with Immortal Hulk, and everybody's like, Hulk is a Hulk is a top tier contender. Not right. <laughs> we need to have Hulk books constantly again. Next book is Tenement from Image Comics. It's Jeff Lemire. So what I thought was going to be... Yeah, my boy Lemire. It's part of his bone... Uh, it's part of his mythos. Uh, yeah, his bone orchard mythos stuff. It's really cool. Um, if you love horror, you'll love this book. It's about seven people uh, uh, that live in a tenement building all together. And there's something weird and, and freaky that binds them all together. They don't know exactly what it is. But there is something that is coming that will be revealed in the series. Um, and apparently it's a big demon monster. It's Jeff Lemire, so let's get freaky with it. Oh, yeah, dude. Jeff Lemire's nice. Oh, hey. Hey. Uh, we have Wonder Woman 800, which we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Um, like I said, this is the this is Trinity's story. Um, the first half of it is the ending to the last run, the current run, leading in, and then the second half of this issue is the Tom King Trinity story. And then finally, we have our big book of the week, which is I want to say Secret Invasion. Ooh, that shows on tomorrow. Um, yeah, it starts tomorrow. Yes, um, it's only six episodes. Yes, though. but that's fine. Uh, Ultimate Invasion is out this week, written by Jonathan, my boy Jonathan Hickman. It is what happens when the Maker gets what he wants, and how the Illuminati wants to stop him. Uh, it's wild. It looks like the original Ultimate comics because Brian Hitch is doing all the art. It's great from start to finish. 
Um, if you've never read the Ultimate Universe, this is the time to jump on because they kind of secretly said that the Ultimate Universe will be coming back after this. Yeah, which is nuts. Uh, and yeah, it's it's gonna be good to see where this goes. It's also it's only a four issue miniseries, also. So that's really cool. No, it's only four. Four? Okay. It's four. Yeah, well, they're going to lead into a the one shot. Yeah, the one <laughs> shot afterwards is five, and then it's a spinoff into the universe. Ah, there you go. Yeah. I'm super excited. The, and the cliffhanger, I, I, said, I showed you the cliffhanger ending. If they don't do Ultimate Rebirth, I'm going to be pissed. What do you mean? <laughs> if they don't call it Ultimate Rebirth. They're not going to call it? I mean, oh, with the new line's going to be called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because why not placate on the DC stuff? I mean, the dawn of, dawn of the Ultimate Universe. Yeah, right? <laughs> Ultimate 52. Ultimate 52, yeah. <laughs> there was 52 Ultimate titles a month. <laughs> I, I was... Oh my god, that'd be crazy. Marvel just goes like really hard for no reason. They drop like Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men, like the big three. And they also do like... Wolverine, Punisher, Moon Knight, they just go crazy with whatever's popular right now. They're like, all of them. Every, everything that has a Disney Plus show, that's what They bring back Ultimate, yo, they should bring back Ultimate Adventures, the Batman <laughs> one. Well, all they do is make it, um, what's his name? What's his name? Um, Nighthawk. Yeah. Well, Not Nighthawk. Well, use, the, use the Batman one. Yeah, I forgot his name. The one with Woody. Yes. Yeah. Ultimate Adventures. <laughs> Ron Zimmerman wrote it. What's his name? Hawk Owl. Oh, God, so bad. Hawk Owl, the Midnight Ad- Avenger. <laughs> Dude, I would love it if they brought these two back. Just because, like, it's just such a dumb and obviously, like, this is bad. Of course. Like, story. And I was like, oh, man. I, I read it for the first time um, recently. And uh, I remember we ha- we got all the issues. I think it was from um, one, one of the collections that Ant got. Yeah. And it was just like a bunch of the Ultimate Comics, and you were like, "These are all dollars." I was like, "These are all mine." These are all mine. All six issues of it. I ended up reading it, and I, even though it's terrible, some of it, like because it's just, it, it's not, it's not bad per se. It's just like, so Ron Zimmerman's like a TV writer, and he wanted to do like a lot for this, but then he got super busy, and then it kept getting delayed, and the book wasn't even selling that well, and the storyline was getting all muddled because he was so far behind on deadlines, dude. It is six issues long, and it ran from September 2002 to, to January 2004. Jeez. It took a year and four months to come That's out. That's not good. And it was supposed to be a monthly series. It's not good. So, I had 18, so um, the, the relaunch of Captain Marvel um, debuted the same week as it, part of the You Decide yeah. event. And it had its 18th issue by the time Ultimate Adventure 6 came See, that's out. ridiculous. That's where it goes, like, that's... that's... So that's why the book really got really bad. But, you know, the characters themselves were just, like, Batman and Robin. And Woody was, like, an asshole. <laughs> Rash and assertive. He was, like, Jason Todd being a crack. Oh, yeah. So, but hey, if you bring him back, that would be awesome. Or if you bring back, like, Hank Kipple as the new Spider-Man... Hank Kipple was Woody. He looks like a little Peter. So well, make him the new Spider-Man. We'll, we'll see what happens. Not Peter well, there's something that happens at the end of this. Yeah. So 
Yeah, we'll see. I definitely didn't just spoil it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Ignore what I just said. All right. James, close yes, this out. Yes, the daughter gets cranky because she's not feeling well. All right, guys. You can head on to our website, androids.com. Check out this week's previews and release, new releases. Follow us on Instagram, Andrews underscore comics, the podcast, Instagram, Andrews Amazing Podcast, and Twitter, Andrews Amazing. For update news, don't forget to subscribe, <laughs> leave a review, share with a friend, and always support your local comic shop. And guys, have a nice day. Oh, wow. Wow.